everybody. Welcome to the It's the Trent Trenches podcast. I made it. You did make it. Congratulations. All three of us made it. And, uh, yeah, getting ready to go here. What's going on, boys? Not much, man. I, I'm looking at this. This has been a wild week of news just across the board. Yeah, I'm just hoping my mic doesn't decide to shit out on me midstream again. That'd be cool. If it happens a third time, it's definitely time to move on from the. uh... It's going to be another two or three shows before our new mic comes in. But yes, yes, I will consider it. I mean, also, I'm upset at myself now. Guys, give me a sec. I'll be back because there was something I didn't want to forget. So naturally, I did forget it. Bye. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What is this fucking amateur hour? Unbelievable. Get (laughs) out of here with that nonsense. This is the big dudes in the trenches. We ain't making that kind of rookie mistake around here. Come on. What? Where did this come from? I'm now concerned. Am I going to wake up and find a horse head in my bed if I don't uh, get my mic situation figured Are out? Are you being a fucking moolie? <laughs> All right, we're better now. <laughs> oh, my God. Jeez. All right, let's get started here. <laughs> we got a whole lot of news to get through, so... Uh, first things up, I, I guess we should just talk about the couple of signings that happened in the NFL. Um, the Browns did get Jamie Clowney back. The Ravens brought in Kyle Fuller. Uh, kind of an older corner at this point, honestly. Going to his hometown, Baltimore Ravens, though. It's kind of cool. And Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. Gets reunited God with damn the it. guy he won that Super Bowl with. So I right now I have in Indianapolis. Leg- I have a legitimate question about Nick Foles. I know there's three other guys, and we'll talk about them. Take your pick. Start one, bench one, cut one. Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Nick Foles, Nick Foles, Nick Foles. <laughs> Depending on the day. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Hear me out here. I'm going to start Carson Wentz. I'm a bench Nick Foles. No, I'll cut Matt Ryan. And hear me out on the logic here. By starting Carson Wentz and benching Nick Foles to start the season, the Eagles won a Super Bowl. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, but you're not an Eagles fan, so it doesn't work for you. <laughs> I, it doesn't. I, I think the commander should assign Nick Foles. It's the only way anybody has ever gotten <laughs> production out of him. Well, I th- all right. I think if this year the Eagles win another Super Bowl, it will be because Carson Wentz was starting and Nick Foles was on the bench. <laughs> I I gotta say it is that might actually be the case. It just in different cities, but the intent still met. I would I would definitely be cutting Carson Wentz. I just don't know who I'd be starting over Nick Foles and Man, Matt Ryan. Have, Matt Ryan's got the numbers. Here but here's the problem. Matt Ryan's got the biggest Super Bowl collapse in recent history. I'd probably of time. all time, actually. I'd have a hard time not cutting Foles in favor of Wentz as my backup in that scenario. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't no, know. I'm I'm starting Matt Ryan. Everyone keeps bringing yeah. up that Matt Ryan blew that Super Bowl. Matt Ryan blew that Super Bowl. I don't know if anybody else realizes this. There were 21 other guys on that field. Oh, and somebody else was calling the offensive plays, which Matt Ryan has turned around and complained about almost immediately after the Super Bowl. I mean, they got weak. They didn't get. They weren't aggressive. They didn't go for the jugular. The coaching staff was a problem, but at the same time, the defense was never good. 
and hasn't been good since. And so I don't know why they were there in the first place. Well, Matt Ryan well, had things MVP happen in the playoffs. Well, things happen in the playoffs. Looking at you, Bengals. I don't think you go back to the playoffs this year. Uh, anyway, that's I'll, I'll jump on that train. Um, yeah, so if you don't have anything to say about Clowney or Fuller, we'll go ahead and jump off. But I mean, a second here. I mean, we talked about this in our chat previously, but the Browns are one defensive tackle away from being super scary. I just don't know how much Kyle Fuller has left. He was, you know, one. Of, he was a top corner in the league. He wasn't paid like one. He definitely played like one. Um, he's he's getting up there though, and we kind of saw it in Denver this past season. He was reading out with Fangio, and what really, what what good did it really do him or the or the Broncos? Right. I'm right. glad he's going to get to finish his career back home though. That's pretty cool. Speaking of Baltimore Ravens, their longest ever. Tenured player uh, is punter Sam Cook. He just retired. There's no way that last name is pronounced Cook. Is how do you think it's pronounced? It's pronounced Cock. It has to be. Okay. It's definitely not. But uh, <laughs> he was with the franchise for 16 years. The franchise has only been around for about that plus 10. So he's doing pretty good <laughs> as far as the length of the organization. Uh, he is 39 years old and. He's part for a long time, man. Really, it's crazy Sorry. to hear people talk about like legit punters because he only made one Pro Bowl. People didn't really talk about him all that much, like in the league as a player. But people who know punting know that this guy like changed the game in a lot of weird ways, and that's that's pretty incredible. He's actually going to stay on with the Ravens as a special teams consultant and teach the guy they just drafted, Jordan South. So that's pretty cool as well. You know, we always bring this up. Is he a Hall of Famer? Um, The way I'm going to do it is he's definitely a ring of honor, Baltimore Ravens Hall of Famer. I don't know if he gets into the pro football Hall of Fame, but I also think he – Trying to figure out why you guys are trying to laugh at me and not laugh at me. I'm not. I'm sorry. Um, no, I, I don't know if he's a number retired, but I think he's definitely a Ring of Honor guy because you can't go in the Ring of Honor without having your number retired. So that's about where I'm drawing the line on Sam Cook. Justin Tucker said he should be a Ring of Honor guy. So why not? Punters are really good at not losing their jobs. He was one of the best. That's a terrible way to say that. All right, moving on. <laughs> Staying in the division. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers have just hired a new replacement general manager. Kevin Colbert, if you'll remember, is has announced that he's retiring at the end of this coming season, basically. Um, I don't know why he announced it so far in advance. That's kind of weird. I'm sure you can tell your owner without announcing it to the world. But okay, do you, I guess. Um, they have already announced his replacement, which is an internal promotion. Steelers Vice President of Football and Business Operations, Omar Khan. Uh, I would say football and business operations basically is a GM already, so that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's different kinds of GMs. I have, I have some concerns about this because, and granted, I don't know his background. I'm sure he came up through the scouting ranks, but I don't see any talent evaluation just based on his previous role, and that's fine. But 
that's going to be my question is what does he have for talent evaluation uh, in his past? Just because you can run a damn good stadium operation does not mean that you can run and find players to put in your team. That's just where my concern would be. Okay. And yeah, sure. You have to be an expert in everything before Tug will let you be a GM. That's that's, cool. that's not true. It's just, there's two types of like you It's just scouting. Football. All right, cool. <laughs> he is the vice president of football and business operations. He's vice president of both. It's fine. He'll be a fine. It's the Sounds Steelers. Like start. He's this, he's with this hey, as, as long as they got Mike Tomlin, they'll find their way to a winning season and probably the playoffs. It's fine. Probably. We'll see. Also, if he's not good at scouting, the Steelers in general aren't anyway, so it's, <laughs> it doesn't matter. They haven't had a good draft in years, and they still win games. It's crazy. Football's wild, dude. <laughs> Uh, so commander's corner getting out of the AFC North here for a minute Uh, yeah commander's corner you want to talk about this one you're excited about it a little bit I mean I I am excited uh, about this potential for a new stadium I think I've seen it referred to as like a stadium city uh, quote unquote there on the city they purchased a hundred million dollars worth of land in Virginia uh, with plans to build a new stadium, which they desperately need, and there frankly isn't room to do in downtown D.C. Uh, and they are kind of following the model that the Bears are putting forward. They'll, you've seen a lot of Major League Baseball teams do around their stadiums. They want to build up, make this an experience more than just going for the game. Of course, it'll be, you know, the stadium will be used for other events, but having hotels, other venues out there, uh, it's going to make it like its own little city. And it'd be great for them. Might be even better is if Dan Snyder isn't involved. It was leaked that the other owners are voting to remove him as owner of the Washington Commanders. However, I don't know how true any of this is because Roger Goodell has said he is, quote, not aware of, close quote, other owners trying to kick him out. And Goodell, to his credit, has maintained this from the start on Dan Snyder that he wants to get all the facts uh, before levying punishment. And it would have been cool to see him do that uh, for John Gruden because I know Gruden resigned of his own free will, but there was definitely some harsh words coming from Goodell uh, at the time when all this kind of came out as well. He's finally getting some consistency. We can at least say that because they're holding the same line with Deshaun Watson. True. So, a couple things here. One, I love the idea of the Stadium City. It works very well. Uh, like you said, Ben, the Patriots are actually the NFL team that have done it the best to this point, uh, where they've built it out really well. They've got a bunch of restaurant stuff they call a Patriots place that hang around Gillette Stadium all on, on land they own, so they pull in rent from all of those different buildings. Um, didn't Jerry World like that, too? I didn't I go all the way around the stadium, so. but I didn't. Okay. I don't think I had the same. Not, not, not in the same way. Um, but, but this goes to kind of what we've talked about where building a stadium with public funds is fine as long as you build up complimentary businesses around it. And that's, that's what these guys are doing. That's absolutely fantastic. Uh, as far as Dan Snyder, um, one, it doesn't surprise me that Roger Goodell is not tracking any of this. I'm not quite sure what the man tracks on a day to day basis. It just, things happen and he's like, Oh, Hey, look, um, other than that, 
I'm not surprised with the timing of this leak. And I hate to say it this way, but he's had plenty of even federal issues come out. Owners say nothing. Now it comes out that he has taken and maybe misutilized their revenue sharing, and now the owners want him gone. That doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, all of a sudden, their bottom line is hurt just a little bit, and now the owners want him gone. Uh, granted, it's about time. I don't care why they want him gone. I just care that he's probably gone here in the next few years. I feel like we've been talking about this for three years now, though, at this point. You're so, not wrong. This is the first actually... time money has been involved, so it's getting real True. For the owners. That, yes. True. What was that owner of the Clippers? Uh, got... I, know which, I know which one you're talking about. I can't think of his name, though. Because that took this long, too. So I guess it's still possible. But I, I don't know. It just feels like Dan Snyder's an institution. Don Sterling. <laughs> yeah, Don Sterling. Yep. That guy's suck. So like, does Dan like Snyder. So... <laughs> yeah, but Doug, they, like, they were just... I was going to say, Doug, like, you keep talking about the NCAA. It's all good until money's involved. So now money's involved. <laughs> Unfortunate, this is what it took. Um, I don't, you know. I would have thought the allegations would have been enough with all the other bad shit that he's done, but it is what it is. Moving on it to something a little more interesting, maybe a little more lively, depending on where you stand on uh, the Colin Kaepernick debate. The Raiders are working them out. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Mike Davis came out and said, yeah, we'll give him a shot. We didn't talk about it because, okay, Mike Davis says a lot of stupid shit. However, what was also wrapped up in that is about the same time, story kind of snuck out that Kaepernick has reeled back a little bit with his desire to say, I'm not coming back unless I'm going to be a starter. He's willing to come back and be that guy on the bench and work his way in his spot. And I, I don't know if it's just because it's been five and a half years and nobody's taking a shot at him that he's finally like, oh, maybe – I'm not as good as I think I am. Whatever it is, credit where it's due, if he's willing to take a back seat and be like, you know what, I'm going to check it out, see if I can even still hack it. I don't have to be a starter. I just want to go back and play in the NFL. More power to him. The Raiders, again, they worked him out today. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything else on it yet. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this how this all plays out. Yes, it will be interesting. He might get a spot. He might not. At least the Raiders can turn him down and say, look, we tried him out. Stop saying that. It's for other reasons. Like That's a real downgrade going from Marcus Mariota to Colin Kaepernick. Oof. Kaepernick is six years out of the league at this point. His last game was in 2016. I Look, I wouldn't work him out just because you haven't played in six years. You haven't played anywhere in six years. I mean, it's worth I, a shot. Free publicity. People are talking about the Raiders. Yeah, uh, we're talking about the Raiders. We're exactly. talking about the Raiders. That's true. A uh, couple NFL updates and then a little hard knocks update. Let's. Uh, who wants to take these? I can take them. You can take them. All right, I'll, I'll take this one because the NFL has once again decided that we could fix a broken process, or we could make it worse. Um, so they went ahead and made it worse. Uh, I don't really know what the full correct answer is. I just know that the Rooney rule is not the correct answer, especially the way that it's been utilized in the past. Uh, So in true Roger Goodell NFL fashion, as a reaction, we are expanding the Rooney rule yet again for, I believe, the second time in two years, if not the third time in two years. It's the second time this year, 
I think. Oh, no, even better. So the third time in two years we are expanding this rule. Uh, <laughs> it now includes quarterback coaches. Arbitrary position they just position coach they decided not even offensive and defensive coordinators. No, no, we just went straight to the quarterback coach. Um, right. I, you know, NFL. If you haven't seen that, the owners are misusing this at this point, and it's just going to create more issues with you. On the heels I mean, of the Brian Flores lawsuit, I don't know how to help you. Just like the salary cap, though, the good GMs are finding loopholes. Like what happened with the Buccaneers? They just waited until after the, whatever the deadline was, mm-hmm. and then just the start of the new guy league anyway. Year. Like it's all fake. People with money yeah. can do whatever they want to eventually, anyway. You know? Yeah, this is just. It's every sham. every article every article I've seen talking about it has called it a sham too. Like there's right. there's really oh, not much else. What hundred percent right. is a sham? Right. Look at how good we're being. You're not. There are legitimate ways to introduce minority coaches if you want to. This is not the way to do it. Forcing people to interview people they know they don't want to hire doesn't solve anything. In, in fact, I mean, it makes it worse and brings lawsuits at your, to your feet. Exactly. So, good luck, NFL. Nice. Nice. Speaking of making things worse, the NFL is examining how to do the Pro Bowl again. Uh, so, we'll <laughs> is it going to be worse there? I think it could be better. Everything would be worse. Yeah, the Pro Bowl is perfect the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> the least competitive game of all time. This is what we want. What we signed up for. How, how to make it better, NFL? Move the Pro Bowl game to the week after the Super Bowl. That way, all of the players who get voted in can play. You don't have Mitchell Trubisky making a Pro Bowl ever. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Or, alternatively, in another way of looking at it, in opposition to what you said, we could do away with the game entirely and just name an all-star team and then do some fun activities. Like, you know, the... Have everybody throw some passes uh, at moving targets, and have everybody do a little bench press. Oh, like do skills and competitions? That'd be why, crazy. Why would why would we not do something so weird like that? Like, did, like every little, other little league punt, does. Pass and kick, little competition. That'd be oh, fun. It'd be it'd be insane. You know, I think actually the NFL players might enjoy that too. Maybe bring a little bit of fun back into the game. Yeah, oh, but the NFL shit, players a bad word. No fun league. We can't do that. Never the mind. NFL players cannot have fun unless the owners make more money. So that's where that's where you're. You missing turn the it. Pro Bowl. Here's what I don't understand. I don't understand how they're making any mo- any more money doing what they're doing now. Nobody cares. Right. Nobody goes. They're, and so, you took so, out the skills day, so that's already right. a day of, day of revenue that you're losing. So they're not making more money, and that's why they're exploring alternatives to make more money for the NFL All Star Weekend. That is. What that caption actually reads, but without you're saying. You're right. You're catching also, on. Right. Uh, also, that was not the point of this segment. The point was just to talk about fun <laughs> things that we could do instead of the Pro Bowl. So, <laughs> way to bring us down. And we, we ruined that. So, let's just hit this last one. If you like Sorry, watching guys. Hard Knocks, if you like watching Hard Knocks on HBO, this year is going to be the Cardinals. Should be pretty interesting. I'm not going to. No, those are in South Carolina. I'm not going to dignify that. Uh, should be pretty interesting, and we'll kind of give our thoughts on the uh, Cardinals this off season later on in the show uh, when we get yeah. to our NFC tier list. So hang on. 
we got some college news and then some non-NFL pro news to get to before we get there. So, Doug, take it away. Yeah, not too much college news, but of course we had to talk about the Saban and Jimbo beef because that's incredible. So Saban came out like out of nowhere in a press conference was like, Texas A&M bought every player on that team. That's like a direct quote from Nick Saban. That's amazing. I love everything about that. Uh, he also got fined by the SEC for saying that because, of course, that's he, how you know it was true. He also took a shot at Deion Sanders because his incredible recruiting success recently. Of course, that has to be NIL deals, um, and nothing, nothing else in the world could possibly make a kid want to play for fucking prime time. Of course, so. <laughs> Like, you know, his person, larger-than-life personality or, you the know. Fact that the fact number one recruit was uh, the number one DB in the nation. Right. And, you know, playing for an HBCU is actually really cool if you're, if you're into that sort of thing. No. So there are some good things about it, you know. Um, but, yeah, Jimbo was not happy, <laughs> of course. And fired back with a press conference of his own, which is amazing. I wish this happened more often in the world of coaching. We need more beef amongst head coaches and we need rivalries created because people hate each other. That's amazing. And I cannot okay. wait for Alabama Texas A&M this year. Okay. I have one issue with Jimbo's press conference, though. He came in and said he has seen all of these things that Nick Saban does that are against every NCAA rule ever. And goes... Just look at it. You'll find it. Bro, just just tell me. Like, I don't want to go searching for it. Like, stop leaving me with a cliffhanger. Just, he did this. That's all I care about. Put the accusation out there. Get the NCAA investigation started. Let's get yeah, on to but, it. Like, that's how you get sued for libel or some shit. All he got now was a fine from the SEC, which means, again, it's totally <laughs> true. <laughs> Steve Spurrier did back up Nick Saban, saying, well, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty incredible. <laughs> Wait, please. Oh, no. Steve Spurrier retired. For the a old while, ball coach. Yeah. yeah. For, for a couple of years. I'm pretty yeah. sure he coached the XFL. Yeah. Is, so, this, this is, is this. Is this Jimbo trying to make sure that their protected rivalry in the SEC does not become Texas? I mean, this was Nick Saban out of nowhere coming. Yeah, but then, the, but then Jimbo RKO. jumped on it. It was like, like, hold on, let's let's well, enjoy he this. Well, you had to respond. Quick. Yeah, you did. How can That's you true. just not respond? You, well, did you get punched by true. Nick Saban on national TV and then just just leave it alone? You say yes, my lord and savior. I have done you wrong. Like, I don't know what else you. <laughs> All my players are belong to Alabama. <laughs> They have let me borrow them for two seasons before they transfer. So, actually, Texas A&M did lose a four-star quarterback commit who then committed to Alabama, like, yesterday. <laughs> so, so, I guess Nick Saban's pumping out that NIL money now. Uh, good stuff. <laughs> um, Nebraska is doing away with a very old tradition this season. Uh, it used to be a thing where Nebraska would provide red balloons at, during home games, and people would release them at first touchdown. And now they're not going to do that because nobody can get helium. There's a huge helium shortage. I thought it was University because nobody expected Nebraska to score touchdown. I was going to say, they should have a ton of balloons left over from last year. 
You fucking dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the university said, hey, all the helium we can get right now with supply chain issues needs to go to the hospital because there's a medical uses for that stuff and we can't use it for balloons for our offense, which sucks. So <laughs> fair enough, I guess. Uh, but that tradition's been around since the 60s, and so it's kind of sad that any time a tradition dies for bullshit reasons, which is definitely what happened here. Uh, sorry, Nebraska fans. But also, Scott Frost is going to get fired anyway, so suck it. Uh, now, that the NCAA has done away with the weird rule that you kind of have to have divisions, and you have to have your division champions play in your conference championship. Uh, they made an exception for the Big 12 starting, what, like... 2012, 20... I want to say. <laughs> like, no, fucking a while no, ago. It was like 2015, I think. Because after the 2014 season, when TCU and somebody, I think TCU and Baylor, were named co-champions, and Ohio State jumped them both to get in the college football playoff, the Big 12 was like, yo, we need to change this. We need one champion, because that champion would have been in over Ohio State. And so they got the NCAA to change the rule. If you didn't have 12 teams, you could just do conference championship game of one versus two in your conference. But now the NCAA got rid of the rule entirely. So you don't need divisions anymore. You can do whatever you want to with your scheduling. It's up to the conference. Which means this past week, there's been just a litany of every conference coming out saying, yeah, no more divisions. Screw divisions. We're not doing that anymore. So the Big Ten, the Pac-12, ACC... Uh, the SEC has not announced anything, but we know it's coming because they're going to 16 teams soon anyway, so they can't keep in divisions really, right? Um, I mean, the Mountain West has announced this for sure. I feel like somebody else did. I don't think the MAC announced it yet, though. The American was already operating without divisions. Right, right. So I don't think anybody's going to have the traditional, quote-unquote traditional division set up anymore. Starting like 2023. We'll we'll still see it this year, though. So this works out for the Big Ten because they were looking at realigning their divisions anyway, weren't they? Because they were trying to house the East. Yeah. They wanted to, but there's not really a great way to do it. The whole point of the divisions was to reduce travel initially. Yeah. And so the East West made a whole lot of sense. But then the East has won literally every conference championship since we've gone to the East West model. So, so, Doug, I, I have an important question for you, man. Mm-hmm. Can you handle the game two weeks in a row? As long as we win both. Does it count as redemption if you win the first one, but then win the Big Ten championship against... Lose the first one. If, if I win the first one and then win the Big Ten no, championship, no, no, no. that's great. Yeah, lose, I love that. If, if you lose the first one and win, win the Big Ten championship while also gaining redemption... Moving on. Semi-acceptable. <clears throat> Moving that on. That sounds like his personal hell. Let's talk about Doug, the Martin. listeners need the Moving answer. Moving on. The listeners need nobody, the answer. Nobody needs the answer, and you need to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Talking some smack right now. I can't handle this. Get out of here. Painted Bronco, help me out here. The listeners need the answer. I don't ever want to lose another football game ever in my entire life. Let's have that happen, and then I'll be happy. That, That's that your check. answer. Uh, In other college football news, 
Uh, University of Tennessee, Martin, senior quarterback, dresser, win. Uh, that was definitely a typo for you guys. That's okay. I was like, I was man, man, that's so impressive. Yeah, because that's that would be four constants in a row. Uh, no, it's dresser, like uh, the piece of furniture. And then win, W-I-N-N. Uh, got an NIL deal where he is, uh, he made a little political ad and wore some political merch to a football camp in support of a local district attorney candidate, which, wow, uh, why did nobody think of this, like, before, during the primaries? And also, this is a whole new can of worms, because most of these schools are, like, state universities. How are we really going to let, you know, the government be in control of who gets to be paid for promoting politics? Well, I mean, this, so is, that, this is wild. That's the catch. UT Martin technically cannot tell him he can or cannot accept an NIL deal. So they have no say in this. However, he does represent UT Martin. Right. Moreover, this is uncharted territory across all levels because I can't think of really one that has done an outright commercial for any athlete, pro, college, whatever, that has done an outright commercial for a political uh, for a political ad, I have seen right. some athletes make statements, but that like Herschel Walker, who just won the GOP primary that he was in, but that's that different. doesn't count. Yeah, <laughs> I'm endorsing myself. No shit. <laughs> like, no, this is I'm Herschel opens, Walker, and I approve my own messages. <laughs> this is uncharted territory. Like, I have no idea how this is going to work. And again, right. it it drives to. Right. What I think the, the overall intent of the NIL deal is, is this kid is himself. He supports this candidate, not this kid, the quarterback right. of UT Martin, supports this. No, no, no. You, you should not be able to mention the candidate or the, the endorser's school in that advertisement. That's so where I would draw the line. It's pretty incredible that you brought that up on your own because there were a lot of articles basically mentioning that same thought process like what was nil really established for what we've seen it become is essentially everybody has these free collectives everybody has these collectives which buy players yes that's one thing but also like drive contracts through the school it's like all a big machine pumping out uh, nil contracts on these kids as opposed to this guy who just wanted to do something for a family friend who's running for office in his local district. And, I mean, this is technically what everybody was arguing for in the first place. And yet, this is really weird. And I don't know if, <laughs> if, I don't know if this is okay or not. I mean... Like, like I said, for me, ah. as, long as, as long as he said, because his name is out there, people I'm assuming right. in... That area know who he is. If he said, I support this candidate, I endorse this candidate, that's cool. The second you say, I, the quarterback for UT Martin, support this candidate, that is where it becomes not so cool with me. That's that's where I'm drawing the distinction. It is the, my thoughts represent myself. These reflections are my own thoughts, not that of the organization I'm associated with. Sounds like a very rehearsed Air Force answer. Good job. It, it's not. I just know how to play the game. Me and all my rest of, rest of my Skyhawks are huge supporters of this guy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah that's not Martin, okay. We, we love this feller. Wait, they're the UT UT Martin Skyhawks. They yes. better have a they better have a Cessna like somewhere on campus, like for football games. Nice little Cessna Skyhawk. I mean, isn't it one of the like regional little pilot schools? So I'm not sure. I, I I'm I would I'm willing to put money on it. It started off as a UT extension campus and became its own school. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it did. But also, I know it's not on the Tennessee Board of Regents, which if the if it was would be a, another huge issue for him supporting a political candidate. But it, that's not an issue for him. So, University okay. of Tennessee Martin uh, is outside of Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a large experimental farm before. Uh, all right. Anyway, this is a weird tangent. I'm not reading into the University of Tennessee Martin's history. We want to just go into non-info pro news. Go for it. It's all you. <laughs> all right. So if you missed Twitter, uh, I was actually out of town this past Saturday and Sunday. So I didn't get to watch any of the FCF or USFL this weekend. Had a good little weekend trip with my family, though. So it's all good. No, uh, not, no upset or hurt feelings about missing this. However, there were some games that happened. We're going to break them down for you real quick. In the FCF, Adoki handed the Board 8 Football Club their first loss, 34-22. to Should have been Stars, got back on the winning trail, 34-16 to over the Beasts. Knights of Degen scored the most Christ. points in a game this year with 66 over the Kingpins, scoring 42. And the Zappers beat them boys, the Glacier boys, 44-14. to And uh, did you guys see the Sully? This touchdown no. celebration. Please tell me you have it queued up. I now I feel bad that I don't. Well, Let's go. See if I can, yeah, you go find I'm out. Gonna, I'm gonna talk I'm gonna about go this for a second. This has to be a record. Though. This has to be a record for most points in like combined points in an FCF game, right? Sixty-six to forty-two. You're talking a hundred eight points. Jesus. That I don't know would. about that. I think you're it's right, gonna, though. It's I mean, it's only been around for two years. I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's got to be pushing for most points by a single team in a game, too. Why don't we have Scorigami for the FCF? Jesus, that that's what we need right here. Because you haven't invented it yet. Get on it. Well, I can't invent it. There's somebody already has Scorigami. They just need to apply okay, it to Okay, well, the don't FCF. invent it. Just make a, write the program to do it for the FCF. You Here's assume code. I know how to write program. The code boy of the group. Come on, man. You took like one master class. Come on, you got yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I did see that Mike Vick was talking about joining the FCF for like a day, and I was like, nah, I'm good. <sighs> that would have been so cool though. Mike Vick and Terrell <laughs> Owens together. I know. I know. That would have been. And then, oh my wow. God, because then. Then they might have been able to convince Marshawn Lynch to come down and play for like the retired old boys. Like, oh gosh! So this uh, should have been stars versus the used to be stars. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> it took a minute, but I got it. Hold on. All right, all look right. at that. So doing, doing a little, uh, doing a little searching, little investigation. Quarterback. Jordan Stewart, I think I got his first name right, uh, was actually a quarterback at the University of Memphis backing up uh, 
Paxton Lynch, and uh, this is what he did. First down. Great pass, caught it right on the sideline, and then he goes into his pants. Pulls out a joint, lights it up. Yes! That is not what I thought you meant when you said joint celly. I thought it was a celly between the two teams. No. No. But, but, but where is Snoop Dogg on this, man? That's wow. the only thing we were missing. Wow. Yeah. Is Absolutely. that even legal? <laughs> uh, is it legal in Georgia? Jason Stewart. It doesn't Jason's matter. Back. There we go. doesn't matter. It is now. It's funny you say that because if that were on like actual commercialized TV, you can't smoke cigarettes on those anymore. So like another shout yeah, out to the FCF for breaking Twitch. barriers on Twitch. Like full send or no send in <laughs> Twitch is full sending. Yeah. Twitch does not give a shit if you smoke. Screw you, FCC. I do not give a fuck, man. But I think this is the last week of the regular season coming up here this weekend. Um, I could be wrong. I hope I'm not. If it is, though, Board 8 Football Club, 5-1, and one, going against up against the 2-4 and four Kingpins, this week really doesn't matter. They have secured the number one spot in the NFT division. That game, however, is going to be at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Twitch and all the other platforms that they're on. I don't have them all memorized. I prefer just watch it on Twitch anyway. The other game, however, in the NFT division is going to have some playoff implications. Knights of D-Gen, 4-2, going up against 3-3-8 at 7 p.m. Eastern. That game is going to have some playoff implications. I don't know what the tiebreaker is going to be, but if Knights of D-Gen wins, they're in. If 8 wins... Going to come down to some weird tiebreaker, and if I had to guess, there would probably be a fan involved at some point as well. <laughs> that is moving, the tiebreaker, fan <laughs> Moving over to the OG division, should have been stars. They have it locked up. They're four and two. They're going up against the Glacier Boys, two and four, a team that they haven't lost to in two seasons at 3 p.m. Eastern. If the Glacier Boys win, they're going to put themselves in a position to go to the playoffs. If they lose, though. If they lose, though, they're the game out. between the other – yeah, they're out because the, the other OG game, the nightcap, final game of the night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Comes out of my boys. Two and four boys. zappers against the two and four beasts. Doug, it's, it's your boys versus all of our boys. It's the Doug Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Is It'll it taking be... place in the Doug Dimitome? Something like that. It's the Denzel Dimitome, man. Right. Close enough. It could, we could be looking at a potential win and you're in situation, or it could be a tie. And I'll tell you this much, though. I wouldn't mind seeing a week off and just seeing two playing games next weekend. Something about that would just be – it'd be perfect, honestly. I would almost prefer that to any other sort of tiebreaker. So we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, That's, maybe there will be an option we can vote on. I know which one I would vote for. <laughs> Did I talk about the most recent FCF fan uh, fan survey? Fan uh, council survey? So. Man, I, so here's what happened. They sent the email. They wanted it. This, Yeah, I know I didn't because they wanted the results by last Wednesday. And it got sent to my spam folder for whatever reason. So I, I emailed them back. 
I said, and I, I found it, did the survey, emailed them back. I said, hey, it got sent to my spam. This was late Wednesday, or Thursday night. I said, hey, sorry, it got sent to my spam. I just filled it out, just finished it. It's like, you know, hopefully you can still take my information. If not, I understand, you know, I, I don't I don't know how it ended up in my spam. But the survey was wide ranging and quite interesting. Talking about what our favorite ballers team jersey was for me. I personally love the Knights of DGen jersey the most. Uh, although, shout out Adoki. Kingpins being the only one with a white jersey is pretty interesting too. I'm just not a big fan of the Board 8 Football Club. That's just me personally. NFT questions. This was kind of bad timing that they pushed pushed this out when crypto and NFTs took a shit. But, you know, they were asking just basic questions. Are they valuable? What are they worth to you? What makes them valuable? And I think one thing I the FCF... <laughs> I think one of the things the FCF has done very well is putting some real tangible value to their NFTs. And to me, that also makes them more valuable than, say, any others that I know of right now. Uh, there's specific questions about how trade should be done in the future. Maybe something they should have, you know, considered before they did the TO trade, but you know, is what it is. Uh, FCF overlay questions. If you've watched any FCF games this year, you've noticed that when a play is picked by the fans, you get the play art style that you might see like in Madden overlaid on the field. And uh, yeah, I mean, just how do you like it? I love it. Sometimes it lingers a little bit too long. Sometimes the extension pops up too early to ask you to call your next play. So I made sure they knew that. Like, there's no reason that the Twitch extension should be popping up while the previous play is finishing up, right? Um, also had some, uh, would you want to go to a game in person? And yeah, yeah. Uh, everything that I've seen and <laughs> up to and including uh, Jason Stewart, Smoking a joint after scoring his touchdown this weekend shows tells me that that's got to be one hell of an environment uh, to watch a football game in. Also asked about the Quavo Celebrity Day thoughts, general just general thoughts on that. A very open-ended question for a survey I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, for some reason, asked we had pets. I think that was just a control question. Favorite apps and social media follows. Again, I think some more control questions. And uh, what other fan-controlled sports, if any, we would like to see them venture into? I don't know that there are too many other sports that this works well in, except maybe baseball. I don't see how it would work in basketball. I don't really see how it would work in soccer, which is probably the other major sport in the world. I definitely don't see this working in hockey. It could work in golf. I get to select their club for them. Yes. Please, yes. That's fair. That'd be hilarious. That's Off fair. the tee, putter. Fan-controlled bowling. <laughs> you got to use this oil pattern. All right. All right, man. I want you to knock down all the pins. <laughs> what the fuck, man? You didn't get a strike? You didn't bowl 300? Fan-controlled poker, and it's just you playing virtual poker on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> See, but right. it's not just you playing poker with your one hand. It's you and a bunch of people you don't know trying to decide whether to bluff or not together. Yeah, that would be terrible. <laughs> but also entertaining. Fan-controlled stock car racing. Hey, should I pit? Horrible idea. Nah, fam, All the drivers good? die the first race. <laughs> Holy should, should I pit? Nah, fam, you good. Change one tire. Half a tank of gas. 
You know, not having any tires makes you go faster, right? <laughs> you will eventually start flying. Eventually. It takes a minute. That takes us to the USFL, though. Getting back on the football train here. And uh, there were actually a couple really good games this weekend, just by looking at the box scores. Were they fun to watch? I don't know. I didn't see them. What I will say is the Stallions' home field advantage is continuing to pay dividends. Although, come on, the Panthers fucking suck. Stallions how won thirty-three to seventeen. How are there three one and five teams? Oh, uh, we're we're gonna talk about that in a minute. Stars oh, beat the Bandits yes. thirty-five to twenty-eight. Breakers beat the Maulers twenty-six to sixteen, and the Generals edge out the Gamblers twenty-six to twenty-five. So if you could, if you we're thinking about tuning in, and you only caught one game, and it just happened to be the last game of the week. It looks like you caught a very good game. I actually did see a little bit of one of these games. I believe it was Stars Bandits, and it was so boring. I couldn't believe it was football. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. I regret my decision. I'm leaving now. I need beer. Yeah. <laughs> ben, before we get into this further, can I put in one request for the future when we set up the non-NFL Pro News? Can we save the FCF for last? It's just way more fun to talk about and gets me in a better mood. Fair. Fair. Yeah, that's fine. We can flip it next week. <laughs> uh, this will be... I don't want to say this will be the last week. The USFL will be in protective, protective stadium. There we go. Uh, but next week, they will be in Protective Stadium. And the following week, so when you hear us on the show next week, and I'm telling you what games are coming up, they'll actually be playing their games in Legion Field, you know, the old Iron Lady. So I don't know. They're probably going to have even bigger attendance problems because that stadium is falling apart. But this week, hopefully so they is don't. So FedEx Field, but we still put full stadiums there. Yeah, but people aren't going to the games anyway. Anyway, Generals 5-1 and one, facing the Bandits 3-3 three and three on Saturday the 28th. At 12 p.m. Eastern, you can catch that on USA if you are so inclined. Also on Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern on FS1, we have the 4-2 and two Breakers going against the 1-5 and five Panthers. And then moving on to Sunday the 29th, 1 p.m. Eastern on Fox, a game that's going to have the highest attendance by far, the 6-0 and o Stallions versus the 1-5 and five Maulers. It's going to be a bloodbath. And then to round out the weekend, 6 p.m. Eastern on the cock, on Peacock, the three and three stars against the one and five gamblers. Guys, I can't I can't sit here and say that I know for sure because I haven't watched a ton of this, right? But when three of your teams have one win, that's where a lot of your problems are. The issue, though, is that they're somehow still getting moderately good ratings. I mean, as good as you would – there hasn't really been a dip. Right. So I, I somebody's watching it. It is football. People are watching it. I I understand that they wanted this to be a TV product this year. And so far, so good, I guess. They're not it nothing's going dra- dramatically wrong on television rate, ratings right now. I feel like all of the ratings are coming from sports bars or something though. Because who in the world is watching this in their own Bro, I haven't been able to get these games on in a sports bar. Fair. All right. I, but also, I'm, aren't you in like literally in the middle of nowhere? So, yeah, they won't change. 
Yeah, God forbid I try to ask him to change the Nebraska game in the middle of the college football season. That's apparently a no-go. Dude, you're you're not even in a state anymore. You have left the planet. You're in a different reality, and I don't know how we're talking to you right now. South Dakota does not exist. I will just take Elon Musk in the Starlink system. I will say this before we hop over to the XFL real quick. With the success, if you want to call it that, that they're having on television with their television ratings, I don't think there is any chance that they aren't able to get the teams into their home cities get a little bit more ticket revenue. And I think that will help the product immensely, right? I hope so. Yes, but do they have, have a clear advantage? Go ahead. But I was going to say, but do they have the money to execute that kind of travel? That's why they did this in one city. I mean, yes. if they're making money, then sure. But... I just, like, I, this is why I like the FCF model so much, because it's not trying to be something that fills a a product gap that honestly doesn't really exist. The FCF filled it. They gave us a circus-type football, damn near Harlem Globetrotters football, that's actually competitive. You come over to the USFL, and it's just trying to be a rebranded NFL, and it's just it, it's not the same. The talent level's not, not the same. Right. So yeah, we end up comparing it to other professional leagues, and it just it doesn't match up. So one of the things that spring football has always run into is the problem of you know, actually, seasons are really cool. And, you know, having fall and winter being identified with your sport is really powerful. I mean, summer, I think of baseball. I don't think of, you know, arena football. When I think of summer. So it's, it's – spring football has a hard way to go because you're starting baseball season. You're in the playoff hockey. I mean, this is a bad time. You're in the playoff basketball where do you really expand? And the FCF has found a lane that, like you were saying, Doug, it's, it fills a niche that didn't exist before. That's a that's a much better way to success than trying to be NFL light, which the USFL has always wanted to be. And it's just not good enough. The players are not good enough. NFL teams have, they just today expanded the practice squad. We didn't even hit this in the news. But they expanded the practice squad again. USFL is not getting good talent. All of the good talent is in the NFL stashed somewhere and not being able to play in the USFL. And the USFL is going to be extra fucked when the XFL comes around. Because right. speaking of NFL light, right. that's going to be the fucking XFL. Right. right. All these the guys that are on practice squads. The XFL will be. Yeah. Right. All yeah. these guys that are stashed on practice squads, they're going to be eligible to play in the XFL. Right. Right. It's it's not looking good for the USFL. I, I'm interested to see how this all shakes out next year when we have all three leagues going at once. It's if it's going to be more, yeah. Unfortunately, that's true. One thing we kind of touched on last time we talked about the XFL was this deal with ESPN, with Disney. Um, what I don't think we covered clearly was that ESPN Disney is going to have rights to broadcast all of the games. So I don't think we're going to see a single game on any Fox network. Well, I think it's not just ESPN, though. I think it is actually is Disney, so I think ABC might get a game or two if they want it. I and don't know if they would. Yeah, but that's fine, we'll but see. the my, my point is it's going to be the same broadcast crew, same setup right. for all right. of it. So it makes sense, though, when you think about it, because Fox owns the USFL. Right. Yeah. 
and you look at look at everybody that's broadcast the USFL, only one that's not in there, Disney ESPN, right? Right. Yep. So just wanted to make sure we clarified that one. Uh, the other big piece of news, this came out yesterday, I want to say. Everybody's been kind of talking like, hey, when are we going to find out who all these eligible players are? And it's, excuse me, it's kind of wishy-washy with the NFL Alumni Association players deal practice squad. You know, it's kind of wishy-washy there. However, former NFL kicker and former XFL AF, he was a journeyman, right? Nick Novak, he's going to be running a specialist showcase for, spe- you know, kickers and long snappers and placeholders to come out, showcase their skills, let XFL coaches play as staff, everybody get eyes on them and see, hey, where do we want to start going trying to get these guys into our league to kick the ball around for us? I'm curious to see how that works out. You know, Nick Novak. Definitely a journeyman. I think the longest he spent anywhere in the NFL was three years with the Chargers. And then, like I mentioned, he played in the AAF and he played for the Wildcats uh, in the XFL the last time around. So, Was he the Chargers kicker that blew out his knee, came back in the same season and blew out his other knee? There was a kicker for the – I don't know his name. I don't remember that story. There was a kicker that basically blew out two knees in one season. I was going to say, it sounds like the opposite of Sam Cook, who was with the Ravens for 16 years and was good at keeping his job. <laughs> yeah. So, that's all I got for the XFL, USFL, and FCF, though. I got to say, I'm looking forward to uh, some more spring football action, though. Just not the USFL. <laughs> not the USFL, unfortunately. <laughs> Oh, man. What a waste of potential that was. It has turned out to be so far. Let's put it that way. It could turn into something good still, theoretically. Maybe. We'll see. They need to start trying harder, though, if they wanted to. Anyway, <laughs> that was a weird tangent I just went on. A little rant for me. Um, let's go ahead and start talking about the thing that we... Basically started last week uh, with the AFC. We were doing a tier list of every AFC's, AFC team's complete offseason. Well, this week we're doing the NFC. So a tier list of the complete offseason for each NFC team. We're talking about coaching changes, front office changes. We're talking about free agency additions, free agency losses. Talk about anybody they re-signed. Any trades that they made, any uh, all their draft picks, all that kind of stuff. We're wrapping it up in a one-letter grade on a tier list, and we're doing it right now. So as we're talking, if you want to shout out your answer in the chat, feel free to do so. And I guess let's go ahead and get started here. I don't have these teams in order of the notes today. That is my fault. And I definitely should have done that before we got started. But we are starting with the Chicago Bears. That's up first. All right. I've got the highest one on this one. Um, I came up. I, I Like I said, I'm the highest on this. I, I've got the Meta B. I love their coaching staff that they built. They did lose a lot of talent, but this looks like a reset, and I'm okay with that. Uh, they're trying to get help to 
Uh, Justin Fields, they're trying to build out that defense again, get back to their identity uh, as that defensive team that they are. They definitely drafted positions of need, but unfortunately Fields is still generally left unprotected. He's got some help out there, but it's not a ton. I would have liked to see them go for more offensive line. I understand it wasn't necessarily there where they were picking in the draft. So overall, I like what they're doing. I'm going to give them a B here. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I, I, the hated, I hated this offseason for the Bears. I think it was one of the worst offseasons they possibly could have had. They basically don't have any receivers on the roster anymore, and we joked about how they didn't last year. Now they lost their good ones. Um, yeah, they added Byron Pringle. whoop the fucking do uh, Also, the line is atrocious. What are you doing? And sure, the defense is fine, I guess. You traded Khalil Mack for nothing, though. And who do you really have back there right now? Um, not Akeem Hicks. So, congrats to your new head coach, Matt Eberflus. I think he's probably one of the best coaches you could have gotten. I also don't think that's really that much of a compliment because nobody wanted to coach just your team. So, the Bears offseason was really bad, and I didn't like any of it. And I really hate that because I want Justin Fields to succeed. And I think the organization as a whole has a great, rich tradition. And I love them. I wish they would do the good things. But this was awful. And I didn't even – the draft was ass. So get me out of here. Um, so I'll, I'll say this. Seeing – Seeing everything you said kind of put it into perspective for me that maybe it's not just Bears fans that think the sky is falling for this team. Because I don't hate their draft. I guess I'll start backwards and go here. I, I, I gave them a C. Uh, looking at their draft, when you bring in a defensive coach like Matt Eberflus, you've got to expect that building back the defense is going to be a priority. And I don't really hate what they did there, going after Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. Their second pick or their third pick on day two, I should say, uh, in the third round, Bayless Jones Jr., just not the wide receiver I'd have gone with there. And for the record, I would not have gone with Calvin Austin either. His size is not going to work for what the Bears need right now. Obviously, losing Allen Robinson, that's the guy you need to replace, not Jakeem Grant, right? And that's what Bayless Jones is going to be able to do. He's going to be able to replace the speed of Jakeem Grant. You need a guy like Robinson that can go up and get the ball and you know, he wasn't used much last year, and now they just don't have anybody like him on the roster this year. So I wasn't a huge fan of that pick. The rest of the draft is the rest of the draft. It was fine. I'm curious to see how the offensive line is rebuilt. You got a lot of guys coming back. Uh, two rookies that had injuries uh, for a good part of the year. Borum and uh, fuck, Kevin Jenkins. They are both out for decent parts of last year, so you don't know how they're going to develop this year. I, I think you're being a little overly critical of that offensive line, but I also think it's valid, right? I'm not going to let them completely off the hook here. Moving up to uh, free agent additions. Yeah, I mean, cool. We Everybody they lost with the exception of Khalil Mack. I mean, giving Khalil Mack away for what they did just screamed of desperation. Like, we just need to get him off our books. And what I'm really concerned about is he's not listed on, you know, losses or anything yet. 
I don't see a way that Keen Hicks ends up back with the Bears. I would love right. to see it. He's I just, not signed with anybody, so technically it's theoretically possible, but he's, he's not. Yeah. And, yeah. I I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe Poles and Eberflus are talking to him, trying to work something out. It's very odd that he still hasn't been picked up. Probably looking at a post-June 6th signing somewhere at this point, honestly. Cleo Mack's the only one I really hate losing, though. Right? I mean... I already mentioned Allen Robinson didn't do a ton. It sucks they didn't replace somebody with, you know, his style or caliber of play. Damian Williams, who cares? James Daniels, good riddance. Hardy Burns, who cares? Wide receivers additions, they're fine if you really think that Darnell Mooney is going to be that number one wide receiver everybody wants him to be. Replacing Andy Dalton and Nick Foles with Nathan Peterman and Trevor Simeon just shows me that you're putting all your faith in Justin Fields, right? Because now he has no mentors. Okay. Unless he wants to learn how to be a journeyman quarterback. <laughs> I still need to ask this. Who keeps signing Nate Peterman and why? The Chicago I'm Bears. Sure Chicago because Bears they're, they're, they're trash. That's why. I'm, I'm pretty sure this man has the record for most picks in the least amount of like attempts ever. Because he has had two or three games where he's thrown four or five picks each time. I mean, that's a stat. Worth researching. I will get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I have one enough. You had them at a C. I've got them at a C, and a lot of it leans on what they're able to do with their coaching and front office staff. Honestly, that's where that's where ninety percent of it lies. That's where most of it was for me too. Is in their hiring yeah. that coaching staff. I mean, okay. Who do you I really also didn't like hate here the other than Eberflus? Is Luke Gessie really a good hire? Really? Um, he seems fine, I guess. I w- I, the best I'm thing about Luke Gessie is that he hurts the Packers. Alan Williams makes sense. Going to bring in a guy that Eberflus was working with. And then it makes sense, too, that you bring those two guys in to be your D coordinator and your head coach. And the first thing you go out and do is draft two defensive backs. I like that move. I know it's not popular. I know it's not the sexy thing to do, but if they can't stop the other team from scoring points, what difference is it going to make? I mean, I agree with that. At the same time, here's here's the best summary for all of this, really. Okay. Right? When I'm looking back at this season, when we're all looking back at this season, if the Bears are within, if they're over 500, it's irrelevant. If they're Within two or three games of 500, I think they're going in the right direction. If they're not sniffing that, really need to evaluate what, the, what they're going to do next offseason. And that's fine. That's not really what I'm grading here on the tier list. I'm just grading I, they got it better, and they, I don't think they did. I don't think all. they got worse, though, either. That's the problem. And you're saying that because you hate Matt Nagy so much, and I respect that. But at the same time, I don't know if this necessarily. I don't think that's not. I have a very hard time putting this anything above a D. Like you can convince me of a D, but this is not a C. Like this is not an average offseason. This the team definitively got worse on multiple positions. I mean, I don't, I don't care what you say about the receivers. Allen Robinson is a better receiver than anything you have in that room right now. I 100% agree I mean, with what Allen Robinson did last year. So how how much worse did they really get? 
that just no, that's where the coaching staff comes into play because that that's a scheme issue at that point. Allen Robinson still has the stats. How, how is it a scheme issue when he was the leading receiver the past two years, right? Well, if he's the leading receiver the past two years, then how did he not do anything? Because, <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's where it comes back. He wasn't getting the ball thrown to him, and when he was, he wasn't catching it. Uh, at least you got Trenton Gill. He's a good punter, I guess. Seventh round. Oh, damn it. Um, Dominique Robinson in the fifth is pretty cool. I, I like that guy. I guess. I mean, if you want to throw him in a D, throw him in a D. I just think this was run-of-the-mill rebuild offseason. Sorry, I, I'm just in awe that Nate Peterman has a 4-1 to one interception to touchdown ratio. <laughs> he great. has 12 picks to three touchdowns on his career, and this man gets another NFL contract. I think that proves my point. I'm kind of leaning that way at this point. All right, we're going to throw it to the D. You can throw it to the F if you, you want guys, to. You guys have too much faith in them. But I don't like this offseason. I think the Browns are for the, the Browns. The Bears are going to be suffering for this offseason for a couple of years. I mean, this is just the stuff of nightmares. Um, moving on to the Detroit Lions. Where things definitely got better, for sure, right? No, 100%. impossible for them to get worse every year. That's not true. The Browns manage. I guarantee we're going to double our wins next year. Wins one less game. (laughs) Anyway, uh, how do the Lions do this offseason? Ben, I'll let you take this one first, because I went first last time. Uh... Yeah, I gave them an A. They've been building this O-line quietly for the past couple of years, and the defense, they were trying to add a couple pieces here and there. Hadn't hit. If they don't hit with their defensive pieces they added this year, the lines are just fucking cursed. I mean, that's all there really is to it, right? Getting Aiden Hutchinson, number two overall, I mean, come on. I fell into their lap. It's a slam dunk. Then you add DJ Shark. They are a quarterback away unless Jared Goofall is a little bit better than uh, he's been showing the past few years. So we'll see how it goes for them. They, I don't think they're going to be at the bottom of the division this year. I really don't. Yeah, I didn't want to go an A just because I don't think they brought in anything like crazy. They didn't do anything wild to me here. This was a good, solid offseason where, yeah – their moves are pretty solid in some respects. I don't know that signing DJ Chark like that was really the best move they could have done there. I thought I would look to a little bit different direction of what they did, but I still think that's an improvement, right? Uh, they didn't really lose anybody, so that's cool. Brought back Tracy Walker, brought back Charles Harris, right? Those are solid moves. Again, it's like it's these are solid, obvious improvements. I don't see anything that wows me. So I had him at a B. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson had one really good season. Yes, he was really good. He had one really good season. Same thing with Jamison Williams. Same thing with Josh Pascal. That's their top three draft picks right there. Really had one flash in the pan collegiate season. Now, you would say they have the athletic traits to continue to improve on that, and they did show that. They tested that way. 
But also, we don't know for sure whether these guys will work, right? We haven't seen any sustained success out of them. I like Malcolm Rodriguez. I like Chase Lucas, but those are bottom of the draft guys. It's kind of a B to me. So you said some things here, Doug, that I'm going to use from your previous argument uh, that I'm going to use to justify my A here because I went with an A as well. You're right. I personally don't think they got that much better. Ben, you're also right. I don't think they're going to be bottom of the division, but they're probably going to be third in the division. They're not division beaters just yet. That being said, all of that being said, I love the way they postured themselves for the next couple seasons, right? You can't get better in one offseason, but you can set yourself up for success in the upcoming in the upcoming seasons, even if it's not this next season, which is what I think they did. They have a pass rush that's going to develop over the next two or three years. It's going to take time. Do not expect these guys to come out and, and be, you know, double team day one. That's like Doug said, they had a flash in the pan season. Jamison, uh, Jamison Williams, if he gets healthy, is going to be a star in the NFL. He has the upside. The issue is he's still coming off a torn ACL right now. There's still a lot to be desired. They still have a lot of holes on this roster, but they're filling them up nicely, getting ready for the next couple seasons. It's not a good team. This was a good offseason, though, because it postures themselves themselves for the upcoming uh, upcoming years. I mean, you both have an A. You can go with an A. It's fine. I mean, it was it was pretty good. It's pretty good offseason for the Lions. Uh, and yeah, they are set up. They're setting themselves up for the future with this. It, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, moving on to the Green Bay Packers here. Uh, new offensive coordinator, new special teams coach. Uh, what else is new? Well, <laughs> well, Doug, you're up, sir. Take it. Okay. All right. I was going to let you have it, but all right, I'll go. <clears throat> um, the best thing they did was reassign Devontae Campbell. That was awesome. Love to see it. Um, they overpaid for Jair Alexander. They overpaid for the back-to-back reigning MVP, which I know sounds crazy, but also is really true. Both those statements about him are true. That he's overpaid and back-to-back MVP. That's and wild. that he was crazy. Yeah, so. Right. Um, I don't like losing Zadarius Smith. I like Zadarius Smith quite a bit. And they just let him walk. Interesting to me. I think they have a little bit too much faith in Robert Tunyon. But I kind of understand it as well. You have a guy you're familiar with. Um, I hate the Quay Walker pick. I think that made no sense. There were better linebackers available. Um, Devontae Wyatt makes sense. Christian Watson. I don't know. There were some other receivers in the area. But I do like Christian Watson quite a bit. It's so up and down, everything I'm saying. It feels like it lands in a C to me. And I don't think that's being too... I, I think that's about right. I think a C is about right for this. I mean, it's okay, but it's it's a lot of up and down. You want to talk about up and down? 
So everything about me wants to give this an F, but it's honestly probably a D. Uh, because you've let Aaron Rodgers control your team and how it runs for three years in a row. So congratulations, you finally got that monkey off your back for a couple of years because it's not a what, two, three-year deal. But you trade Devontae Adams away. You don't get a ton back. I, I feel like Adams would have been worth three picks at least, like maybe two seconds in a first, something like that. Maybe even two firsts in a second. I I think they could have gotten a little more value there. Yeah, uh, but he, Eager, he was only going to sign with the Raiders. That's true. So that's they true. didn't have much leverage. The other, uh, the bigger piece of this, though, is the guy you replaced him with is chronically injured. Sammy Watkins, right? Even if he's not the guy you replaced him with, Kristen Watson out of North Dakota State, I mean, he might be a great receiver. And Aaron Rodgers does make bad receivers look good. I'm just not seeing it out of Christian Watson. And then Alan Lazard being another guy that you resign, that one doesn't make sense. I'm with you about Tunyon. I'm with you about letting Zadari Smith walk. I'm not a big fan of that either. Uh, honestly, though, I move it back to an F because you signed Rick Pasatia as your special teams coordinator instead of head coach. So, F my. <laughs> Alright, so I came in and I, I'm leaning towards a C here. I was debating between a C and a D. Um, for me, I, I really like Christian Watkins' pick. You're right, Doug. There's probably some other players in that range that might have been better, had better tape. But you're also one who's always told me, if that's your guy, go get him. Right. right. So the fact that they were that was their guy and they traded up for him, I love that. Uh, they're, they're working slowly. They're working to rebuild that front seven. Uh, you're right, Quay Walker might not have been the best guy there, but they got a linebacker. They needed a linebacker. Uh, Devontae Wyatt it's another dude. That Georgia defensive line was nuts. That Georgia front seven was absolutely insane. Now they have two of those guys on their roster, and that's not saying that that's going to have equal the same amount of success, but there is chemistry there. So that's another plus for me. My big issue with this offseason, why I think the more I talk about it, I'm going to bring it back down to a D and, and, and kind of split the vote here, is uh, Jesus, man, you way overpaid for the guy that's been dragging you through the mud for damn near two offseasons. I, I mean, I'll, I'll throw this out here, too. I didn't say it when I was talking earlier. What direction were they going with their draft? It is all over the place. That's it what is. they do. This is pretty much standard Packers draft, though. The only issue is they didn't wait till the random dude in the seventh to pick their wide receiver. They picked him in the second. Um, so I will say I definitely did call in our live mock draft that the Packers were not going to take a receiver round one. They were going linebacker and defensive line. I'm still going to maintain that I called in our <laughs> live mock draft that the Washington Commanders were going to select a wide receiver, and uh, one John Turner said there's no way, and he bet us a paycheck. Uh, we have received payment. Thank you, John. <laughs> you, you got paid? I'll, t I'll cover that with you guys after. Um, <laughs> I'm playing off a joke John made with us. Uh, no, so so with this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this back to a D. I don't think they got better. They definitely got worse. I don't think they're postured for future off-seasons because of how much they just paid to Aaron Rodgers. So I'll go with the D there. Yeah, you would go with the D. Oh! <laughs> uh, but isn't that just lovely? 
the two best friends sitting right next to each other. We're going to leave it like that for the rest of time. <laughs> uh, next up is the Minnesota Vikings. And I think Bug gets to start us off here. Sure. I, I, got, them, I got them with a B here. What's really the most eye-opening to me is this team was one of the best in the NFL, one of the most fun to watch for sure in the NFL four years ago. And they just did a complete overhaul of their front office as well as their coaching staff. They had a very good offseason. Only uh, Tyler Conklin being the biggest guy that you lose, that's a big loss to have. But when he's the biggest loss that you take this offseason, not not a bad way about it. Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth, Ed Ingram, great one, two, three picks for him. And then Brian Asamoah out of Oklahoma at linebacker. A great pick in the third round as well. My biggest complaint and what keeps them out of an A or higher for me is that they still have Kirk Cousins. And I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know what is what the fascination with them is. I look, Case Keenum hasn't worked out in Denver. But I still remember that year he took them to the playoffs, and I still have yet to figure out why they went with Kirk Cousins over Case Keenum. He worked in that offense for some reason, and Cousins is just there. Yeah. All right, so I'm, I'm going to take you over here because that's going to be one of my main points. I've got them at a C for a lot of the same reasons that, that you're saying here. Uh, I love their early draft. Their later end of the draft starts getting a little iffy on me. Uh, they addressed a lot of defensive concerns throughout free agency. <clears throat> in the draft, and I absolutely love their free agency. That being said, with all of the quarterbacks available this offseason, whether through free agency, whether through trades, you name it, there were quarterbacks available. Why are you still paying Kirk Cousins two one-year contracts? Either commit to him and let him know that's where he's going to be, or bring in somebody else. Like I have here in the notes, I put Kirk Kirk Cousins kind of in that same range as Tannehill. The difference is the Titans know what they have, and they've at least attempted to address it. Even if it's a long-term fix, they're working at getting a fix to it. And I love Tannehill. You guys know this. And the Vikings are just okay with this, uh, we'll pay you by by down. That's that's how we're going to do this. I'm not going to sign you to a contract, but every down you show up, it's another twenty five grand. Like That's kind of just how it feels to me, and it's it's really annoying. I, I, I don't know. I, you can't just keep sticking with him and not really having a direction with that quarterback in mind. You have a great offense, but you can't capitalize it, capitalize on it because your quarterback is limited. So I found it fascinating that the Vikings didn't swing as hard as they could have this offseason. Like, we saw some absolutely insane trades. Why would you not be in the running for Russell Wilson? Why would you not throw your hat in the ring for that? This is a perfect situation for that, right? The Packers got worse. We just put them in a D. This is your chance. Step up and try to claim the division. Why not? And so the biggest moves they made are a defensive tackle, who I do like, Harrison Phillips, and outside linebacker Darius Smith, who I just complained about the Packers letting walk. So obviously I like him too. I mean, those are good moves. 
But is that really swinging for the fences here? Picking up Kevin O'Connell, is that really swinging for the fences here? I think this is improvement. I think the team got better. It's not great. And it's got to be below the Lions. So it's either a B or a C for me. I could go, honestly, either way. And I think it's hilarious to me, though, how you guys start seeing some names that you can't pronounce and then say the back end of the draft is whack. Ty Chandler's going to be pretty fun to watch, I think. And uh, Isezi Otomewo is pretty good. So I said Asamoa. What are you talking about, names that we can't pronounce? Fuck you. Okay, Asamoa is not the same as Isezi Otomewo. Uh, Caleb Evans. Congratulations. Nick Muse. Jalen Naylor. <laughs> Y'all hating on Jalen Naylor for no reason. Jaylen I didn't Naylor say anything bad about him. The Darian Lowe. Y'all, y'all both said the back end of the draft was weak. I did not Eight. say the back end of the draft was weak. I said <laughs> I really liked what they did with their first three rounds. Yeah, I, I said I, negative. I... Yeah. I was all Doug. I'm firm with keeping that a B. But I, I, can, I, can, I C, like a B. I like a B for the Vikings here. A B? <laughs> Where's the B? Alright, moving on to the Dallas Cowboys here. Um, I think this is my turn to go first. Because I had them sure. uh, the highest of any of us. Uh, at a D. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good. Um, you traded Amari Cooper to sign Michael Gallup to a huge contract. I know you have C.D. Lamb, and you still have that one-two, I guess, with C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. That's cool. You traded Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick, basically, and then swapped sixths. Like, what are you doing? Um, Leighton Van Der Esch re-signed. He hasn't had a good season in about three years, though, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence coming back. How could he not? He's basically the Dallas Cowboy. So that's cool. But then you lost like half your offensive line somehow. I didn't even know that was possible. So what are you doing? You drafted Tyler Smith in the first round. That's okay. I understand it. Um, but Sam Williams was a huge swing to offenses. That's some real off-the-field problems. Why? Uh, Jalen Tolbert. I guess, kind of would play that um, Amari Cooper-type role. He is not as good as Amari Cooper. Let's be real with ourselves here. Um, I like some of the back end of the draft. I really do, especially Damone Clark and John Ridgeway. But when we are looking at this overall, it just it feels like a, it feels like a downgrade. And... They're keeping the core of the team intact and happy, so I'm okay leaving it above an F. I would say a D is probably reasonable. This wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but it, it wasn't good. Yeah, I I hated it. Um, despised it. Uh, you insert the word that is negative con- negatively connotated, and that probably describes how I feel about this offseason. Uh, you got absolutely peanuts for Amari Cooper, and you definitely could have gotten more. Moreover, 
I would rather have Amari Cooper than Michael Gallup. There it is. Like, I would not be trading Amari Cooper to facilitate a payday for Michael Gallup. Not how that works in, in I would way. do the inverse. 100%. And then they Which lost. Is, it's, funny, it's funny to me, though. We're both penalizing the Cowboys for trading Amari Cooper, and we penalized the Browns for doing nothing with that trade. <laughs> like, like, both teams sucked in this. <laughs> it is possible for both teams to lose in a trade. Right. Um, but then they lost a... Then they lost a bunch of their O-line, as, as you were already talking about, Doug. They attempted to fix it in round one. Um, and then they, like you said, they reached. They reached. Oh, and then the fourth round, they reached again. Jake Ferguson is okay. But I don't know if I had him at a fourth round grade. That still seems right. pretty high for him. Right. Moreover, you still need offensive line. And you, you don't necessarily. Dalton Schultz is fine. I don't think that's a big area of need for you. I probably wouldn't have gone after tight end. Uh, but they signed just... Dante Fowler Jr. in free agency. How is this not an A? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, 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 got just, him a, I hated it. I got him at a D as well. Um, the, what keeps them out of the F range for me is that Tyler Smith and Matt well, let's go. I anticipate one of them being a good re- replacement for Leal Collins. All right. Yeah. Connor, not having a replacement for Connor Williams is concerning, though, because you, Collins and Williams were both under 30. I think Collins was only 26, 27. Yeah. You just gave up two very young offensive linemen, and you're kind of rolling the dice on a replacement. Mar- losing Amari Cooper is a huge deal, too. Like we said, Nothing wrong with Michael Gallup, but who's your number one receiver now? C.D. Lamb doesn't have the size. Right. There's a lot of faith being put in Dak that I think is mildly undeserving. If you're going to trade Amari Cooper, I don't. I wouldn't have been opposed to them trading Zeke too. I think that honestly would have improved their team because they'd been able to get some good draft capital for him. They've got got they've got Pollard for one, and they probably would have been able to get. Uh, they probably would have been able to adjust their draft or use one of those picks to get a guy to replace Zeke anyway. Again, another draft that really has no vision. You got two guys to replace one. You got a tight end that you don't need. You got a wide receiver that maybe you need, maybe you don't. And then you add one quarterback when your back end of your defense needs more help than one player. Nah, Tra- Trayvon Diggs has this. Yeah, touchdown or pick six doesn't matter. It's uh, it's not. I don't know, man. It, it's. I I just wonder what would have happened two years ago if Dak Prescott doesn't get hurt, right? Right. That's the worst part about all this, and it it does hurt to give them a D, but I I don't think they're any better than that. That's three teams already at a D for us so far. We are just getting started in the NFC tier list. Next up is the New York Football Giants, and I think we're actually starting with Bug this time. Oh my God, are we really? Yeah, did, yeah. Did I rank them the highest? Yeah. Oh yeah, I know why. When you bring in Joe Schoen and Brian Dable, 
two guys from the right part of New York. Oh, wait, let me rephrase that. Two guys actually from a team in New York. You're off to a good start. Then you bring in Tyrod Taylor, which, by the way, if I'm Tyrod. the Bills, Tyrod, sorry, if I'm the Giants, talking about Bills, former Bills uh, coaches and GM front office types, but if I'm the Giants, I'm starting Tyrod Taylor because as soon as he gets hurt, I'll know for sure if Dollar Store Eli Manning is the answer or not because either he's going to go off or you know you're going to be picking a quarterback next year. I like the other additions they made. Going and getting Matt Breida, I think, is a safe guy to sit there behind Saquon Barkley when he inevitably gets hurt. Ricky, I love Ricky Seals-Jones in free agency as well. And let's talk about their draft, right? Kayvon Thibodeau, Evan Neal in the first round. And then right. it just gets better from there. This was a very solid draft. I think this draft, the Jets definitely overshadowed them as far as New York teams, New York teams go. New Jersey teams. Sure. But the New York football Giants had a very good draft. I've got them at an A. Yeah, that's a bit high for me. Um, not a lot. I'd, have, I'd probably have a B. Um, I just think the back end of the draft is a lot worse than you're letting on. Uh, the North Carolina offensive line was not good. Yeah. And they drafted two North Carolina offensive linemen. <laughs> Both guards. Yeah. Uh, Josh Azudu was not a good player. They took him in the third round, so that's cool. Uh, they took another slot corner. Like, they didn't have enough slot corners in the third round as well. Cool off a lot. Uh, I like Daniel Bellinger, I guess, so that's cool. Um, but, no, Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal together in the first round makes up for all of that because that was – that's great. It's probably the top two players in the entire draft. You got them. That's, uh, you got them both. Um, Brian Dable was a no-brainer hire at head coach and bringing over Joe Schoen with him, like you said. That, I mean, that's fantastic. Um, I, I don't have him an A, though, because I, I don't think they really made any moves in free agency that I respect all that much. I mean, we're, we really get excited for Mark Lewinsky here. Uh, <laughs> and, and only picks that I like the first two. So, you know. Still a pretty good offseason, though, when you can bring in Brian Dable and the top two players in the draft. Yeah, I've got him at a B for many of the same reasons here. Thibodeau and Neal, uh, and then Brian Dable and Joe Schoen. That being said, I really like the Brian Dable hire. Because if there's anybody that can get anything out of Daniel Jones, it would be Brian Dable. He did it with Josh Allen. People are already calling him a bust after season one. Brian Dable did Brian Dable things, and now he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Take that for what you will. Um, man, they did lose some secondary. Uh, that hurts. They didn't really have a lot to begin with. And I think they got worse in the secondary. But overall, I think the team is not only at least a hair better, if only for the coaching staff and then for their two first-round picks, but I also think they're set up well for the next few seasons. So I'm going to go with a B on this. Uh, kind of right in the same same range, same reasons for you, Doug. So that has both of us at a B for the Giants. I think we we're going to knock them down from your A there, Bug. That's fair. Uh, I definitely don't think you're going to stick with my S that I'm giving to the Eagles. Go for I it. Don't, I don't know them be able to convince you. Okay. I, Zach Pascal is not 
a horrible addition, especially when you pair him with receiving A.J. Brown uh, for a first and second rounder this year. I think it was great value uh, in that trade there for both teams, and the Eagles are definitely better for it. What I like most about that trade specifically, they're really starting to show that Jalen Hurts is their guy. They've given him all the pieces to succeed here. This is one thing we haven't heard at all this offseason of, Oh, is it Jalen Hurts? Is it going to be Jalen Hurts? Now, everybody's pretty convinced that, yeah, they're they're all in on him here. Getting Jordan Davis in the first, Cam Jurgens in the second, and Kobe Dean in the third. One, two, three. Right off the bat, great picks. I don't understand picking anybody from Kansas ever. And Grant Calcaterra from SMU in the sixth round, fine pick. What did they lose this year? Hassan Ridgeway? Steven Nelson? They didn't do a lot. They didn't. Uh, they didn't really need to do a lot. They're in a weak division. I'm going with an S here. Yeah, I'm coming in a little bit lower. Uh, and I'm coming just a in a little, little bit. bit. Yeah, just a little bit. I'm coming to a B, so they still have them above average. But my big thing here is you're right, Ben. They made improvements. They got the weapons. They did all these great things. Here's the issue: the only offensive line position they addressed is one they don't even need to replace this year, but probably next year in the center. Uh, they still have Jason Kelsey. They don't have a guard I can name off the top of my head, and they don't have a tackle I can name off the top of my head. And I know that's a low bar because I forget names all the time. Right. But How can you forget a name like Halapudi Vitae? <laughs> How? My point being, yes, they, they got – Jalen Hurts' weapons, but I still have questions about that offensive line. For me, that's a big issue, and I can't give them the S tier having that type of hole not filled in the offseason. I mean, I got a feeling Cam Jurgens is going to be playing some uh, some guard for at least right. this season, if not next you're, season as well. You're probably not wrong. Until Jason Kelsey retires, Cam Jurgens will be on the field somewhere. But before we get to my grade here, I just want to say uh, – Gail Sayers was from Kansas, so. <laughs> that was 60-something, 80-something years ago almost, probably. John Riggins was from Kansas. That was even longer ago. You're not helping yourself. And that's about it. So, moving on. <laughs> yeah, the, the draft was pretty pretty great. Uh, I like bringing in James Bradbury. I like bring, being able to bring back Fletcher Cox. It's pretty amazing. Um, the AJ Brown trade, incredible. Here's my question: um, Why do they believe in Jalen Hurts this much? I legitimately don't know. And to me, that in itself makes me question some things about this off season. If you're building around a guy who we don't know if you should really be building around yet. I don't know if I can really give you an S. Um, I don't know. Maybe I look stupid for saying that in a year or two. But I am okay putting this in A. I am. I don't feel comfortable with an S right now. I think that's fair. I mean, you had the average grade out of all three of us, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're going to throw them in an A. Uh, there are some definite improvements in the Philadelphia Eagles here. So. I, I would like to point out that, once again, our grading scale is fantastic. 
Uh, you are either having a good draft or you are having a shit draft or uh, off season, not draft. Uh, there is no average, apparently. Right. Um, <laughs> and we'll see what happens with the commanders. One, two, three. And... <laughs> you're a little, you're a little delayed there. Uh, do we really need to get into this one? It's just bad all around. Um, they didn't really do anything in the draft. They got Carson Wentz, which, I mean, I guess it's better than Heineke. Is but, it? Yeah, but he, Carson Wentz is less talked about than Heineke. So but then you draft his back there we go. from a basketball about. school. Yeah, right. full send. Um, right. I don't know. It, I'm, I'm not a fan. I uh, I don't think we need to go into it much more other than they just look lost, as lost as their owner is. 29 yeah, is not fucking old. God damn it. I didn't even mention that, okay? I, I, I will. pulled it out of my comments because you were right, and I thought he was like 32, to be honest with you, because I feel like he's been in a place with the Dolphins for as long as I can remember them, and apparently he just hasn't. I'm why, sorry. Why are they drafting more Alabama defensive linemen? Don't they know by now that's not the way to make your team magically a playoff contender by just drafting more Alabama defensive linemen? I mean, I mean, but, <laughs> just keep stacking them up, I guess. But, but the name, it's a fun name, Fedarian Mathis. You, you do have that on me. You are correct. Carson Woods, uh, that's who sprains both ankles in one play. So you mentioned they drafted a quarterback from a basketball school. I will say they drafted a basketball player from a football school as well when they got Chris Paul out of Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I do like Chris Paul, but also he's a seventh-round player. I mean, he's going to be fighting for a roster spot. We'll see what happens. We'll see if he can make it. I hope he does because I think he's great. But at the same time, it's a seventh-round pick. So if that's the best thing that I can talk about for your offseason, that's pretty bad. And and they drafted a wide receiver in the first round. Never forget. And yeah, probably took him too high. John Dotson is fine, I guess. But uh, I just I, man, you you let Brandon Scherf go, and it brought in Andrew Norwell. Like really? <laughs> anyway, and that's all you brought in. That's all you brought in. Let's move on. The Atlanta Falcons are up next, and I think it's Bugs' turn. We found the Santa Claus this time. A? Question mark? They got a pretty good thing going with the offense here. I'm interested to see who is going to be their starting quarterback this year. Um, Oh, shit. I read that backwards. They've lost Russell Gage. It has been a minute since I actually put these in. Nice. I'm still going to go with an A, though, because Drake London, he's a very different player than Russell Gage, but I think having a possession-style receiver like Drake London, whether it's Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter that you're rolling with at some point in the season, having somebody solid like that is going to be fantastic to have on your team to help a quarterback out. Cordell Patterson is going to be great to help a quarterback out. And really, this entire – it's a pretty good draft when you really start looking at it. You got Tyler Ag, uh, Tyler Algier out of BYU. 
I don't know how much you're going to have to depend on him, but he's going to be able to spill Patterson here and there and potentially let him get back out uh, into that wide receiver slot position. And especially with the addition of Damian Williams, right? Overall, they've built up this offense a little bit more this offseason. They're making steps in the right direction. If it weren't for the Buccaneers re-signing some guys, they'd probably be looking at a little bit. They might, you know, be looking at competing for the division. Uh, but somebody, you know, reverse their retirement speech. And really, the one thing for me that keeps them from getting an S is what did they really do to address their defense, right? They definitely got worse on that side of the ball. Brian Flores said no more Dolphins. So Tom Brady pulled out the Uno reverse card. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've got them at a C. I I I don't I don't love the off season. I don't I don't hate the off season. Um, and I've said this before. I think Doug, you've told me I'm wrong before, but I'm gonna say it again. Apparently, just because I'm trying to manifest it, um, Mariota didn't work out with Arthur Smith the first time. That experiment just didn't click the way they expected it to. I'm sorry. Um. I don't know why I believe that, but I still fully believe that. So this signing still confuses me. I love getting Ritter in the third. That's where his value was. He's got high potential for a third-round pick. And then, to me, Drake London was a shock being the first wide receiver off the board, but he fits. Uh, so overall, it's just meh. Their, their additions, like I said, question marks on Marcus Mariota. Mariota, words I cannot say. I love that they <laughs> restocked awesome. I love that they re-signed Cordell Patterson, but yeah, I just, I don't know. For me, for me, it's just, it's a C. It's meh. And yes, I promise you guys I'm not having a stroke right now. You're from the deep south. We get it. It's fine. God, dude. And it brought back Cordell Patterson and Jake Matthews, too. It's going to be a great team now. So he would. I swear to God, if I sound like that, I might hang myself. I legitimately believe that Drake London is overrated. He will not work in the NFL. That is my official opinion on this draft pick. At the same time, they had two second-round picks, two third-round picks. I think they nailed all four of those. Arnold Ibikati, Troy Anderson, Desmond Ritter, D'Angelo Malone are all great players and will contribute right away, in my opinion. Uh, they traded Matt Ryan, a move they should have done two years ago, but they did it now. That's fine. Uh, you know, you got a third-round pick only, but that gave you Desmond Ritter, so good for you. Um, Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter together kind of makes some sense. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. I don't have too much faith in this quarterback situation. I kind of expect that they will be drafting a quarterback again in about two years. At the same time, you picked up two really solid intermediate guys to help you along and rebuild during that time. So I like the moves that they made. I understand letting Hayden Hurst go. I understand letting Foye Oludakun walk when he was going to get paid way too much for getting 200 tackles. I understand letting Mike Davis go when he wasn't who you thought he was. Uh, a lot of these moves just make sense to me. So, with all that said, I have right in the middle of what you guys said. I think it's a B. I think they did improve, and I think they're on a path to 
Pass some good things. I mean, I think I think a B is probably fair for them. I swear to God, if we get out of the entire NFC without handing out a C, I might lose my mind. <laughs> we will see. These, this bell curve is Nailed almost it. identical. Like, uh, this is not a bell curve. This is a booby curve. The satirist. Uh, Next up is the Carolina Panthers. Tug, you can get to go first this time. Yeah, it's on time. All right. Yeah, so I, I'm not going to fault them so here. So to speak. I'm not, I'm not going to fault the Panthers here for sticking to their guns and not reaching on a QB. Well, not really reaching on a QB, so I'm going to give them an A. I add that specification for really because Matt Coral in the third round, you get some value, but again, it's that flash in the pan one season. I don't know how much I... I believe it. He's got value in the third, but we'll see. Uh, I wish his name were Coral. That would be so great. <laughs> I hate all of you. <laughs> the Great Rebel Reef, Matt Coral coming to oh, town. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> it, it, it is Matt Corral. But continue. Sorry. That was all right, Matt funny. Golden Corral. <laughs> Either way, I think they, with every acquisition they made uh, this offseason, I think they got better. I love bringing in Ben McAdoo. Um, McAdoo? No, that's definitely McAdoo. There's only an MC, no AC. Okay, Stickler, all of a sudden. I'm trying, okay? Uh, Oh, my God. Yeah, I know, dude. I told you guys I've been fighting shit all nope, week. Okay? Just, nope, I, I, nope. Just go. I'll, I'll play my, my reasoning here in a minute. Uh, like I said, I've got them I've got them in an A. I thought they did fairly well here. I'm uh, going to have to go ahead and put us at an F tier for this analysis because we have been all over the place for the Panthers. <laughs> what, was the, what was the grade you had them at? A. Okay. Well, I guess I'm up next. Um, I have them in a B. I, I think they've improved. But they improved in a weird way, and I don't know that it necessarily fits. So with Ben McAdoo, like, first of all, why is anyone ever hiring that guy again? Um, and why would you expect him to work out with Sam Darnold? Like, nobody works out with Sam Darnold, and nobody works out with Ben McAdoo. So I guess that's why you just think pick the two guys that nobody likes and throw them together in a room and see what happens. I don't like their strategy necessarily, but everything else they did makes a lot of sense to me and is really good. So Ika McQuanu, I enjoy that selection quite a bit. I think he's great. Uh, but then you go down to, let's start at Brandon Smith in the fourth round, Amari Barno in the sixth, Cade Mays in the sixth, and Kalen Barnes in the seventh. We're talking about freak athletes who are decent football players. And so this has the potential to be amazing. It also has the potential to be really bad. And you only ever have one guy on this entire draft that works out, uh, which is not how you win championships. You know, we saw with the, basically every team who has won Super Bowl in the past, you win Super Bowls with fifth to sixth round picks. That's the way the NFL works. So this could be incredible. But I think we're going to put it at a B for me because I don't trust it. 
<laughs> Put it that way. So from the get-go, I have them in an A, and what keeps me from giving them an S is not so much Ben McAdoo, but it's what they didn't do at head coach. I don't know that Matt Rule is the guy. I don't know he's the answer. I. It just seems like he doesn't even want to be there, in all, in all honesty, too, which is not a good spot to have your team in. Dante Foreman, adding him is an interesting addition when you've got Chuba Hubbard and uh, man, Christian McCaffrey. There we go. Always hurt. Um, So it's an interesting addition there. He did fine as much as he had to play last year for the Titans. Interesting addition. I do really like their draft. And I know you're kind of shitting on this whole, you know, Brandon Smith, Amari Barno, Cade Mays, and Jalen Barnes. I don't mind any of that. They didn't really lose anything either. I feel like they were kind of taking flyers on the defensive side of the ball because maybe they didn't see anything on the offensive side of the ball that they wanted. And last but not least, Matt Golden Corral is the best nickname ever because Golden Corral is headquartered in North Carolina where the Carolina Panthers also play. And that's what I was laughing at. And I had to look it up as soon as you said it. So I almost have to give that uh, an S tier just for the nickname we came up with on this show, trademark it. That at least at least gets an A tier. <laughs> Matt Golden Corral and his rifle home from North Carolina. <laughs> I legitimately though, I the only things I can really dump on with them, McAdoo, maybe. Maybe it works this time. Who knows? Keeping Matt rule, that's the bigger bigger detraction here for them this offseason. So next up is the New Orleans Saints, and we're starting off the book. Yeah, so Matt Rule kept the Panthers from getting an S, and uh, Daniel Sorensen keeps the Saints from getting an S. And honestly, he should potentially drop them down to a B. And you won't have to convince me too much to put them at a B, but I have them at an A currently. Look, getting – how do we not even have him on here? Oh, we do. Okay. Getting Tyron Matthew back home, that is an A-tier move. Getting Andy Dalton on this roster is an A-tier move because if your option is Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston, you're in a good position. Adding Jarvis Landry to that wide receiver room and then going out and getting – that almost sounds like it's supposed to be sarcasm, but I'm not picking up on that. Like, it sounded half serious and half sarcasm. You really think Andy it's half? Is it's half serious for them. Okay. It's serious chasm. Yeah, sorry. From what it they had. <laughs> uh, picking up Jarvis Landry and then drafting. Oh yeah, Chris Olave, wide receiver room, infinitely better. Trevor Penning, offensive tackle. I mean, really, where did they miss in this draft? Where, you know, mm. you can't can't really point any place out, right? Well, well I'll just wait. Doug's going to be talking here in a minute. I'm sure I'm Doug will. Uh, I, uh, I, oh, sorry. Yeah, go for it. I, I think the, the last thing I got to say that really bumps them up for me is being able to promote Dennis Allen from within to head coach. Right? We talk about that, praise it all the time on this show. All right. I've I've got the Minnesota. I do love the hire from within, um, but to me they did what did what they could with their 
limited cap space. I have the note in here. I did put fake in front of cap space. Uh, just to shout you. you out there, Ben. Yeah. Uh, I'm loving their wide receiver core. Their OL, uh, yeah, their offensive line, despite the fact that they lost Teron, Teron Armstead, uh, remain solid. Love the Trevor, Trevor Penning hit pick. Jesus Christ. Words. I am struggling right now, boys. I am sorry. It's all good. You got uh, this. We believe in you. And hey, I might be a little biased towards their sixth round pick, but I love it. Um, I honestly yeah. don't know if they improved overall. I still have questions at QB, even with Andy Dalton. I haven't really seen him have a good season. He used to take Cincinnati to the playoffs consistently and never win one, and now he can't even get there. Uh, Jameis Winston, I still haven't seen how his eye surgery worked out. So I, I don't know what they have at QB. I still have questions there. Uh, and I'm also going to knock you a letter grade for Daniel Sorensen. <laughs> awesome. Daniel Sorensen haters, but it's totally deserved. All right. So here's my thinking. Uh, losing Toronto Armstead hurts. Anytime you lose a veteran offensive tackle, who commands that kind of money, you know, it's obvious that everyone in the league agrees he's amazing. And that's not a good thing to lose that kind of a guy. At the same time, right now, with the Trevor Penning pick, your line is one of the youngest and best offensive lines in the entire NFL. I am not kidding. I love this offensive line a lot. This receiving core just went from kind of bad to pretty solid in one offseason. Uh, and that's that's some solid improvement. It's the kind of improvement you like to see in an offseason. Uh, now you have Michael Thomas underneath, Suave Olave CO2 up top, and Jarvis Landry behind the line of scrimmage because that's where he catches passes. Um you still need somebody to run medium routes, but you know we'll we'll figure that out later. No, you don't. Know. You you have uh, Alvin Kamara for that. Maybe. True. True. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, I don't like trading in Marcus Williams for Daniel Sorensen, but that's not what happened. So we're not going to call it that. They traded in Marcus Williams for Tyron Matthew and Daniel Sorensen. And somehow those two together work, so it's fine. Um, I think Jordan Jackson was a trash pick. I think he was the ball first pick the entire draft. <laughs> you can believe what you want. That's fine. No, I, the draft was great. I just wanted to shit on yeah. I know. <laughs> the Air Force period drafted. <laughs> See Tug's reaction, and he didn't react, so that made it even funnier to me for some reason. Um because I, I finally a, beat you, sir. Did I have going to be. Here's my real thinking with the letter grade, though. This offseason started so bad for the Saints. Like, it was in legitimate F, double F. Maybe maybe we add a letter uh, below F because of the G. Kind of an error territory. Um with the cap space the way it was, with Sean Payton retiring, with Toronto Armstead obviously leaving, with the quarterback situation completely in flux, 
They promoted from within, kept everybody stable, kept the core together. That is amazing. I don't know how they were able to pull that off. They they legitimately turned this from a, oh my gosh, I don't know if the Saints will be allowed to exist as an NFL franchise next season. That's how bad that was looking. To, hey, they they seem like legitimate division contenders still, even with the Buccaneers. Who, and, and the Saints beat the Buccaneers twice last year, so don't give me crap for saying that. I mean, this is a good team. And I think they got better. I think this is like a – I did split the middle of us again. So A, C, and then I have right in the middle. Let's, let's yeah. slow them to B. Yeah, but you're the only one that hasn't split them for signing Daniel Sorensen. I swear to God, if I can get a meme of Tyron Matthew looking down the field like at Daniel Sorensen again this year, just in a Saints uniform now, I'm going to laugh my ass off. Without Photoshopping it? Yeah. I yeah, exactly. Really laugh my ass off if it happens and they lose to the Vikings in the playoffs because of it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, Tampa Bay Buccaneers time. Um, let's see. With I me. think I think it's bug time. I got another S tier grade here. Starting off, adding Russell Gage, Keanu Neal, and Logan Ryan. That's a lot of great additions in free agency. And then, oh, by the way, it was going to be probably a B or a C just based on the fact that they lost Tom Brady because you did lose the greatest player of all time, greatest quarterback of all time. But you somehow convinced him to re-sign and you're able to bring in Todd Bowles, promote from within to be your head coach. I mean, this everything's coming up, Buccaneers, right? Resign Godwin, resign Ryan Jensen, resign Super Bowl Lenny. And look, the guys they lost, OJ. Here's here's the one big concern, all right, as far as losses go, because we still don't know if Gronk's gonna resign. I imagine I would put it just pure speculation. 75% chance that he comes back. Especially when you look at the fact that O.J. Howard's out. He's going to get more minutes, which maybe that's something he wants. Maybe it's not. Alice Kappa looks like a bad loss, except he just got hurt with the core injury, so he's sidelined right now. What'd you really lose there? Rojo, okay, that one's kind of tough to take. But then Ndamukong Sue, you're losing an aging defensive tackle who is well on the wrong side of 30. And you have Vita Vea behind him, who's probably the best you know, defensive tackle in the league. Yeah, exactly. And then you have a very, very solid draft for a team that didn't have a lot of needs to fill. It seems like they somehow magically filled needs they didn't have. I, it's, I, I don't know, man. This is an S for me. I guess I'm the lowest grade here because I haven't been an A. Uh, <laughs> here, here's my thinking. Um. How much credit can we really give them for Tom Brady reneging on his decision? I don't want to give them an S simply because Tom Brady's back. And I felt like I was leaning that way simply because Tom Brady's back. And so I went with the A without considering that piece of it. Without Tom Brady, this team has a lot of questions. 
with Tom Brady, this receiving core looks great and the offensive line looks great. And it doesn't matter who you have at running back. Without Tom Brady, I still have some questions. Who do you really have at running back? Do you really believe in third round pick Rashad White? I don't necessarily. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens. I do like that they planned for the replacement of Gronk uh, with Kate Otten and with Keith. Um I think Keith was actually more of who I preferred of their two when they got him in the sixth round. Well, right. Kate Otten's like a – he's barely even a tight end. He's more like a big slot receiver in some ways, but – but still, getting both of those guys in there, it allows you to move on from O.J. Howard and Gronkowski and feel okay about your tight end situation. So I, I like that move a lot. Uh, I like – this is weird to be bringing up, but I love the Jake Camarda pick, uh, one of the best punters we've seen come into the draft in a long time. We're all about punters today. <laughs> I know. Um, and I, I really don't mind losing Alex Kappa and Dominican Sue. I mean – a lot of what you said there with and I'm getting a lot older. Um, I'm not saying it's okay because Alex Kappa got hurt. I'm saying it's okay because Alex Kappa wasn't good to begin with. Uh, and then you it just looks you, better now that he's hurt, right? Which you gave up a also fifth, you only gave up a fifth round pick for Shaq Mason. I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, so this is an A to me. I'm okay moving it to an S if you guys are if you guys are still in that direction. Let's let's see what Tug says. So here's my thing. I'm just gonna read what I have here because I do have them at the S tier. And I have this really washed down into one wannabe sentence. They re-signed all of their big talent. They talked Tom out of loving his family. <laughs> and then they used free agency and the draft to get more talented, in my opinion, and get younger on top of that. All, all the way around, that's a win for me every every step of the way. That's Nest here. I mean, all right, fair enough. I, I think <laughs> it, it's, it's tough to assess where they would be without Tom Brady because then you have the quarterback question, and that's where you right. got to start looking what would they have actually done. So Tom Brady has to be agnostic of it. We just – I think the easiest thing to to do would be to assume that he never retired because he signed a two year deal with his last deal with the Buccaneers, correct? True. So he he would have still been with the team had he not retired anyway. And so when you look at it from that lens, it's an S tier. Now you start getting into hypothetical what if land. Who would have been their quarterback going into the season? Kyle I, I Trask. Kyle Trask. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, sure. So so he's the one backing him up and. Uh, leave it there. All the moves they made would have put Kyle Trask in a fantastic position. Although I yeah. don't know that the team is necessarily as anywhere near as good or better than they were last year. I think it still probably puts them at an S though. Uh, all right, guys, before we get into the NFC West, I want to point this out. We all agree that C on any report card is average, right? Yes. We have given out literally every other possible letter grade on this chart before we have given a single C. 
I well, think that's about to change. That very well may I, change here with it's the going Arizona to. Cardinals. <laughs> uh, it's but, going to. I just wanted to point out that at one point we have had every grade but a C. But Tug, you're up. Go ahead with Cardinals. All right. Um, I'm going with a B, and I'm I'm not going to water this down. I something clicked with me when I was writing this, and I'm just going to write it. Uh, this should be a C for me. Um, but then I realized that they have reunited Kyler Murray with Hollywood Brown. Um, and that's amazing to me. I remember how electrifying they were in college and it got me amped for the season. So I bumped him a letter grade for it. Um, absolutely no real justification at all. None whatsoever. I can't wait for Kyler Murray to have a big tantrum and not play because of his contract situation. And then they go into the year starting Colt McCoy. The I real McCoy. That. I love that so much. <laughs> uh, they lost some big pieces, but they did it for the right reasons. Ch- Chandler Jones getting older. Christian Kirk was getting too much money elsewhere. Uh, you, you're not going to pay Malcolm Butler. Why would you ever do that? So I understand the losses. Uh, I like the draft a lot. It filled a lot of those needs. Trey McBride is one of my favorite tight ends in this class. And it's weird to say one of because there's not usually that many great tight ends in the class, but this draft was stacked with tight ends. Um, Cameron Thomas and Majai Sanders back-to-back. I mean, that's great in the third round. That's – you instantly just replace Chandler Jones. I, in the aggregate, not as a single player. I'm not saying that. But you've replaced Chandler Jones in your defensive rotation there. So that's – that's great. I think this is a this is a C because you didn't really get better necessarily. I mean, yeah, you got Hollywood, but also your best receivers out for six games now thanks to PEDs. So, yeah, and that's I'll take it over from here. I would have had them at a B if it weren't for the issues with DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray, right? I mean. The only other real uh, – and, and I think, too, though, re-signing Colt McCoy while your starting quarterback is still upset with his contract situation, not a good look and not the move a good franchise makes. Oh, by the way, your tight end room is starting to look like a Bears tight end room. You got at least three guys on the roster here because you spent you know your first pick in the draft on Trey McBride after re-signing Zach Ertz and Max Williams. I would have re-signed Chase Edmonds over James Conner. That's just me personally, though. Uh, and I will say receiving Hollywood Brown is a great move for them. It it improves them, especially losing DeAndre Hopkins. But he doesn't replace DeAndre Hopkins for those six games. And that's really the bigger issue there. The draft was fine, but there are a lot of other issues going on with this team uh, that we really don't have captured here that move them to a C for me. Did we finally do it? We Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> that was the weirdest bell curve ever. We did it. We have somebody in seats here. <laughs> uh, next up is the Los Angeles Rams. And actually, it's tug time once again. All right. Um, kind of along the same lines that you guys are saying here. They did lose some. I think they replaced it well. 
I honestly don't think they got better, and I don't think they got worse. At the same time, I don't think they needed to get better. Um, their division, I think, across the board, there's maybe one team that can truly compete with them all season. That's the 49ers. I, I like where they're sitting, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this at a C. I'm going to stick with my Cs here. Yeah, I've got them at a D, and it might be unfair uh, because my big thing is they lost more than they gained. Uh, and a lot of that rides on Vaughn Miller and Andrew Whitworth. But when you lose two Hall of Famers, is that really a fair thing to say? Uh, so, uh, yeah, initially I have them at a, at a C or at a D, but I, I think it's probably more likely they should belong in a C tier. The only other real big note I have is that, you know, and I don't dislike Allen Robinson. I don't have a problem with him leaving. But this is absolutely going to be a year for him to prove that it was the guys throwing him the ball that are why he wasn't respected because he's in a fantastic position to succeed this year with Matt Stafford out there. And I think he will. And I think the Rams are going to be just fine. But again, it's tough to say you had an S tier off season when you didn't have a lot to change anyway. You know, and it's, it's weird saying that after we just praised what the Buccaneers did, but the Buccaneers had a lot of moving pieces. The Rams just didn't. Right. And, the pieces they did have move, did they really do the best job replacing them? So I think they did an amazing job replacing Robert Woods. They traded him for whatever value they could get for him and then filled in that role with Allen Robinson. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Uh, other than that, other than that, uh, you're replacing Andrew Whitworth with Joe Nope. Good luck. Uh, yeah. you're, you're essentially trying to replace Vaughn Miller with Bobby Wagner. I know it's different positions, but it's kind of that leadership role and kind of that, you know, that veteran presence. Um, okay, they didn't get maybe. any type of they didn't get any type of edge player anywhere else either. Right. I think and that just, was this straight up losing Sebastian Joseph Day is huge, and. Probably what drops this from a C to a D for me is they lost Johnny Hecker. Yep. All about punters uh, yep, on this that's show. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think did I put something in here? I didn't put something in here about Johnny Hecker, but I legitimately thought that I was like, man, that is a weapon I would not want to lose on my team. He legitimately has game changing ability with his leg. So, I, mean, I, I think I think I'm back to a D. <laughs> Good job in the God. sixth round of the draft. But, yeah, you get a D from us, and we make our tier list look even nicer. <laughs> I just hate way, everything about it. Just the way Tug intended. So we're moving on now to the San Francisco 49ers. And I think I get to start us off this time. Um, I have a C because I literally don't know what to say about them. <laughs> This was fine, I guess. Most of their moves involved players that I don't really care about. So that's cool. You lost Lakin Tomlinson. Oh, no. Whatever will you do? Um, and then you they drafted draft... Trey Lance's replacement in the seventh round. Yeah. True. They drafted a guy out of Fordham. Hold Doug, on. we have some breaking news that's for you. Fun. Oh. Yeah, breaking news from the USFL. 
Shea Patterson has been released from the Michigan Panthers. I got to know because I haven't been watching. Does this mean that Paxton Lynch is officially the starter for the Michigan Panthers? Andrew Brown have... waiting. <laughs> oh, man. All I know Paxton is that means Lynch a Michigan man got cut. <laughs> initial, initial thoughts would make me believe we have a Memphis man starting in Michigan. In Birmingham, really. Holy Birmingham. cow, they also have Eric Barrier. Dude, Paxton Lynch can be fighting Eric Barrier. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Eric Barrier is a beast, dude. If you don't know who Eric Barrier is, look him up. He was one of the greatest players in Eastern Washington football history. I don't care that Jimmy Garoppolo went there. Fuck Jimmy Garoppolo. Eric Barrier is legit. Jimmy Garoppolo went to Eastern Illinois. Even better. <laughs> All right. I'm coming in here. Uh, I'm, I'm giving F Jimmy Garoppolo take on a school we didn't even go to. Love it. Hey, we were we are talking about the 49ers though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm giving I'm giving them a D here. Uh, honestly, Doug, I agree with you for most of what you said. Did they really need to adjust what's going on here? I'm caveating this with I'm still not a fan of Anthony Lynn. I don't understand how he skates by. We all make fun of Matt Ryan for blowing leads for his last, like, what, almost five years in Atlanta, but nobody talks about how many leads the Chargers blew in Anthony Lynn's time as their head coach. My issue there is, and you and I had talked about this, Doug, they were blowing them so consistently, it had to be a coaching issue. Not preparing your guys for a full four four quarters. With that, I'm knocking them a letter letter grade for bringing in Anthony Lynn as a as an assistant head coach. Uh, I don't think he's quite ready for that position just yet uh, after one year out of the seat. Uh, speaking of Jimmy Garoppolo, I think I'm going to have to knock him to a D as well. I have him at a C in the notes here, but they're kind of being – he's kind of just got a spot on the roster because they can't trade him because he's hurt right now. And when that is – public news information it's in the media not a good look for your team i also don't like that they lost moster and replaced him with kyron davis pierce uh that one doesn't make sense to me and i know it's the seventh round but yeah drafting brock purdy when you just drafted trey lance doesn't make a ton of sense to me either i do like the danny gray pickup and the collide davis pickup at defensive tackle but there's not a ton that's inspiring about this offseason. I knocked uh, – who did I knock? I knocked the Cardinals to a C because of their stuff happening off the field. I think it's only fair to do that to the 49ers as well, and that's going to put them in a D for me. Understand moving them down to a D. And that yeah, does we can't give people a, a C. What is this? And that does leave us with one – team remaining to be talking about here in the NFC tier list. It is the Seattle Seahawks, and I think we have some hot takes. I think all three of us have some hot takes on this. So, let's go ahead and start us off with Buck. Oh, man. All right. So, I'm going to give them an A, even though I seriously, seriously doubt that this team competes for a division or wild card. We are looking at a team fully committed to a rebuild. And that is evident by the trade for Russell Wilson. With that being said, 
this was absolutely the right move, and they got fantastic value for him. They didn't have to fight for it like Houston did for Deshaun Watson. The team's been spinning their wheels for a few years. They finally pulled the trigger and are getting onto the right track, hopefully. You can tell that simply by looking at their draft and some of their additions in the offseason, right? They're building up the trenches here. Quentin Jefferson drafting Charlie Cross in the first round. Abraham Abraham Lucas in the third. And Tyreek Smith in the fifth on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, yeah. Boye Mafe in the second round. I missed him momentarily there. I'm not even going to try and pronounce Noswu. Nwusu. There we go. Yeah, I got that one. Uh, There you go. And Austin Blythe at center. They finally got some offensive line, which they've needed for several years. So you got to give them some praise there. The only thing they did wrong was they didn't get anything for Bobby Bobby Wagner. I don't know how you just let him walk. Maybe he was just a free agent and it was time. And that probably played into some of what happened with letting go of Russell Wilson. Did they get value for Wilson besides the picks? Yeah. I mean, Drew Locke's going to be a decent enough bridge guy. No offense, a decent enough tight end. I think this team, it's going to be bad. But I think they are they have a clear direction going forward here. And I'm going to give them an A for that. I'm going to take this one because I had the lowest intended grade. Uh, I was going to go F on this. Absolutely was. I had no doubt about it. They clearly got worse. And then I stepped back and thought about it. I was about to knock them for the same crap I was praising Miami for two years ago. So uh, I'm, I'm going to give them I'm going to give them the B here. Uh, this team's not going to be good. They know they're not going to be good. However, again, it's about positioning for the future. Are they positioned for the future very well? Uh, they have a lot of picks. Uh, they should have cap space opening up here. Uh, and Ben uh, Wagner was not just a free agent. He was cut to save cap space as well. That was a, a cap casualty. Um, I, I, I think they set themselves up very well. I, I think they could have done a little better uh, given the right moves. But with where they're sitting right now, they are in a much better position than they were at the beginning of the offseason. That justifies a B for me. The name of this show is The Big Dudes in the Trenches. We believe in a couple of fundamental principles about football. That, uh, you know, you win games when you do well on the line of scrimmage. Now, you could say you can't win a game if you can't win in the trenches. You could say that. I haven't. I definitely will that. say that. <laughs> and we got to think what's the biggest problem for the Seattle Seahawks over the past decade? Probably be that offensive line. They've literally, they've literally been the caveat to our entire show. And they finally addressed it, getting two starters in the draft, I believe, Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas in the third round. 
getting rid of the dead weight that was Jamarco Jones. He went to Ohio State, so I feel bad for that, but at the same time, he was not good. <laughs> so, that's fantastic. Not only did you rebuild the offensive line in two moves, you win offloading Russell Wilson like we kind of expected you would have to at some point. You picked up a defensive lineman in Shelby Harris. Then you drafted a defensive lineman of Boye Mafe. And then you drafted another one in Tyreek Smith. You have rebuilt both lines on the fly and have started working from the inside out for the first time in a long time. Also, the Quentin Jefferson and Shannon Wosu signings like that as well. Now, here's the other question. You're in the NFC West, the West of the NFL, the entire West, NFC and AFC, is petrifying if you don't have good defensive backs. That's basically the trenches of the West anymore, is the cornerback room. And who do you go get but a Jim Thorpe Award winner and Kobe Bryant and a guy who I thought could have been a first-round pick in Tariq Woolen got him in the fifth. Got him in the fifth. This is incredible. This is incredible. I love this. I know I had a B in the notes, so I'm surprising you guys. I'm totally getting off the B. Forget Russell Wilson. He was holding you back because you couldn't afford him in the first place. Go build your team like you have always wanted to because you're a Pete Carroll institution. This is what you should have been doing for a long time. Drew Locke is perfect for the system because he will do nothing but hand the ball off to Kenneth Walker III and your other stable of infinite running backs. It's incredible. I love everything about this. I'm also not going to give it an S because I think this team's going to be trash. <laughs> Doug, I, I got to say, you now no longer have to trade me for Chris Carson just to watch him get hurt that same week because now they have Kenneth Walker. The well, third. it's also it's also true that I'm not going to be playing fantasy football anymore. Sad. So. Sadness. <laughs> I'm putting the Seahawks at an A, um, and you're not going to convince me to change that. So that's where, that's where it's going to be. <laughs> I think it's as high as they can go because while it was a fantastic offseason for them, uh, yeah, this is going to be absolutely an awful regular season for them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we will get into that kind of thing much, much later this summer. We have an entire slate of off-season content prepared, and we're working on even more. So stay tuned. Actually, another thing to watch out for, next episode, we're going to be starting a whole new bracket time. So keep your eyes peeled because we got some big things coming for the big dudes in the trenches. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. And you can do that at multiple locations, right? It's before you get there, across. Doug. Before Dang, you get there. I was on a roll and you stopped. You were. You were. But we got to remember, we got some audio listeners here that might not have been able to keep up with how our tier list shook out completely. So let's run it down, shall we? Well, go for it. Alrighty, in the S tier, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers alone at the top. Again, this offseason was fantastic, and that's agnostic of Tom Brady in our collective opinion after some discussion there. 
A tier, we got the Detroit Lions, Philadelphia Eagles, Carolina Panthers, and the Seattle Seahawks. B tier, Minnesota Vikings, New York Football Giants, the Atlanta Falcons, and the New Orleans Saints. A single team in the C tier, that is the Arizona Cardinals, and that is largely due to some things off the field, uh, not relating to actual football acquisitions or uh, losses. Then we have the D tier, Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, Dallas Cowboys, Los Angeles Rams, and the San Francisco 49ers. And alone at the bottom, in the F tier, we have the Washington Commanders. Because, well, obviously. <laughs> obviously. So that right there is going to do it for the show. And now I'm going to shout out all those links I was about to in the first yeah. place. Uh, we have Facebook.com slash BDT Football. Twitter, we are at BDT Football. Instagram is BDT underscore football. Uh, you can also find us on our website, BDTFootball.com. Mailbox at BDTFootball.com is our email if you want to get a hold of us that way. We have a Patreon if you're so inclined. We would very much appreciate you checking us out, Patreon.com slash BDT Football. Generally, if you think about BDT football, you're going to find one of us somewhere and you can get a hold of us somehow. So keep in touch with us any way you can. We love talking about football. And that's going to do it for this week, I believe, unless you guys have some parting shots. Man, there's a graveyard not too far from where I live. It's looking pretty overcrowded. People must be dying to get in. Good shit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that is all the time we have in the show today. Thank you for listening. For listening. Just remember, you can't win a game. If you can't, it's like you can't.